What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the Season Gaming Bitcast, episode 259. I am your host, Ainsley Bowden, and we are back with your weekly show covering all the biggest topics in gaming with this illustrious crew you see sitting in front of you. I'm going to start with the Michigan man himself, the Michigan man. Michelin man? Mich- Michigan's better than Michelin man, I think. The Michigan man. Terrible. I'm the Michelin man. Really bad. Body Mr. Hogue. Hogue himself. for either. It's all good. <laughs> Happy to be here this morning. How you doing, man? Doing all right? I'm doing okay. Played a lot of fun games this week. Good. Did the lawyer just, just make a sweeping statement that gave Michelin the, the, the right to use his likeness indefinitely? Is that what just happened? No. Good try, though. <laughs> you said you could use me for either. I, I, I don't know. That seems... Use me for either. Oh, confuse you. Okay, got it. All right, all right. All Travis right. just heard use you, and he jumped. He yeah, pounced. I was like, let's do it. Let's <laughs> Michelin, we, let's get on this. Somebody else is about to get blacklisted this morning. <laughs> Told you. History <laughs> names is just Travis spelled three different ways. <laughs> yeah. You know who's that. never asked me for a quote? Travis. <laughs> I've never asked him for a quote. No, that's just... I feel like there's better sources. Oh my god! And of course, I, just, I don't write. I don't write stuff like that. That's the real answer. Um, yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, you've basically introduced yourself at this point, Mister Thai Guy. How we doing? Sorry, bro? sorry, I can't keep my mouth shut. I'm a, I'm a mouthy. <laughs> I don't say that. Uh, but yeah, it's a good, a good time. Everyone, good to be here. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, oh, the man, the myth, the seven himself. Mr. Rodriguez, how we doing? I'm here, man. I'm ready to go. Is that a denim shirt, Travis? Because I'm liking it. No, it's not denim. It's, no, it's not it's denim. denim. You should get one. It <laughs> I don't know. More or something. I just feel like that would fit you. I'm going to get super, like, you guys are just going to see a different part of me. But this is actually herringbone, for those who don't know the um, stitch pattern. It's pretty cool. Nice. He's not a hipster. Don't say it. Don't, don't say it. Herringbone button, I believe. Uh, Does it have like the little Alan Wake professor patches on the on the elbows? <laughs> you know, it's got his I initials really, on the cuff. I'll be honest. I have a couple uh, jackets that have leather patches, and I never really understood it until I actually had them there. And then I was like, dude, these are super handy because, like, you know, you're, you'll be on like the subway and you post up on something. And you're like, oh, that's got like a sticky kind of tactile feel. It kind of gives me some grip on my elbow. Pretty useful. So I, I wish I had it on more, but but I, I don't have it on nearly enough. And that was your sartorial corner. Yeah. <laughs> sartorial corner. We have been all over the place lately, and I never thought I would talk about tactile grip on an elbow. So we're all yeah. running. It's important. <laughs> it, I mean, it's more, it, look, it's not important, but it's more important than you'd think. Like you know, I always that. think of it as professorial. So there you go. There you go. There you go. Well, we have a uh, we should have a fun show for you today. We're obviously going to be talking uh, more about our experience with Remnant 2 because all of us have been playing it, and this is a game that I think we want to talk about. We have some other games that uh, obviously we want to talk about there. We've got uh, Final Fantasy 14 coming to Xbox along with Phil Spencer showing up at the Final Fantasy Festival in Vegas. We're going to talk about that. And uh, PS5 has surpassed 40 million units sold. To want to talk a little bit about that and where their future is. We got gameplay previews of Armor Core 6, Lords of the Fallen. Um, a lot going on in the gaming world. But before we get to anything, we have to settle something, guys. Because we have a serious problem amongst us. We usually and do. That, we usually do. <laughs> this, yeah. this is more serious than most. You know, this is it's not fun. elbow tactileness. 
This okay. is Dan feeling like Christopher Nolan is a bad director. Oh, and that 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 just can't stand. So I don't know on. how we move forward he, from here. Hold on, let me let me let me say something first. I never said he was a bad director. I think his movies are super overrated. He's a poor writer. Can't make a character actually more than two dimensional if he tried. Uh, yeah, and I think people just watch it to uh, feel smart. Uh, any of his movies, except for Memento, I really enjoy Memento. But also, that's kind of based on a book. Uh, so, yeah, I'm gonna kind of. I like that Memento is the one that you don't watch to feel smart. The like one of his. No, it was just like, it was just it was just a better film than most of his other ones that you know he's done. I would say it's the best a strong film. movie. I mean, like that's how he it got his career. Movie. That's how he got well known. It's a great yeah. movie. Uh, um, yeah, I mean, I well, like. I would argue, I would argue the Batman, Batman movies. The Batman I mean, movies are the least pretentious, though, right? Like, I mean, yeah. at, on the spectrum of comic book movies, they are by far the some of the most pretentious comic book movies ever made. Very specific genre, They're, you know. Mm-hmm. But I, I like Christopher Nolan, so I'm gonna I'm gonna back him up here. Certainly, as a director, I think he is one of our best. I think if you want to sell a three-hour historical biopic, uh, Christopher Nolan was the guy you wanted to do it because he films that like an action movie. He does all sorts of interesting things that keep you paying attention for the full three hours. I didn't love Oppenheimer, and part of that is because I think he gets caught up in his framing devices. One of my favorite games to play with Christopher Nolan is when he announces a project, trying to figure out how he's going to mess with time in order to tell the story because if it doesn't interest yeah. him, he's not going to do it. So, you know, Dunkirk has its various time elements. Oppenheimer mm-hmm. has two separate framing devices that reference each other. It's yep. that kind of thing. And I agree with Dan that some of that is, Hey, I like to have a prestige. Like he really does. He likes to have a reveal towards the end in Oppenheimer. It's a specific conversation. I go back to four times and it's always waiting for that final explanation of what was said. So he can use it as the last line of the movie. And I think it gets away from him. I think the framing in Oppenheimer, as a, for instance, goes for about a half hour too long. That The very end of that movie is just the framing devices resolving themselves. And it's like, I don't think that was a great setup. And I think you can argue that his screenwriting tends to get into a kind of M. Night Shyamalan addiction to a very specific framework that is justified to be criticized. And I do think it's designed to make you feel a little bit smart while you watch it. But as a director... He gets tremendous performances out of his actors and he does interesting things and speaks in a visual language when so many of our directors don't even bother. And I, I really think that it should be said that Christopher Nolan is one of our best directors. I wouldn't put him up there with like Spielberg or Scorsese or anything, not even close. You, you know, I mean, Scorsese, you, you want to talk about somebody who gets stuck in their well, own ruts. Yeah, yeah. But the, pro- <laughs> the thing with, with, with those guys is that they can tell the story through the characters and and have that story build and have and create the world inside of that movie without his interjections. It's like this is this is what I want to do. This you know, I and credit to the actors because a lot of times they do an amazing job with what they've been given. Heath Ledger, for example, despite you know Nolan, he you know produced one of the best. Uh, uh, acting performances of all time i i think you know but that's not because of christopher nolan that's because Heath Ledger is awesome you know uh, and and i, I don't nice. know man i just I, I watch these movies like like if you even say tenant was good i really can't be your friend because it was I, I like tenant a lot yeah, oh, what, is wrong with you? what is wrong with you i can't even figure out what's going on in that movie 
I mean, that's why we like it. It's designed to make you watch it twice. No, that's not. No, no. I've actually been waiting to watch it the second time. Like, I have it sitting here and I just haven't. It's designed to make you watch it twice because the beginning of that movie doesn't make any sense. The whole thing doesn't make any sense. You can't even name your character in that movie. It's just the the, protagonist or the producer. It's just, it's just, come on, man. You know, there's a long, rich history of movies that don't name their characters for a reason. Yeah, what was the reason? It's actually a whole genre. It's because oh, there's a reason in no that one. one. That's the that's part no. of the reveal. No. Have you ever seen Fight Club? That character doesn't have a name either. It's kind of a thing. Which one? It's Tyler. Which, there's only one Fight Club, right? You say, well, Tyler Durden has a name, but he ain't real. Sorry, yeah. guys. Spoilers. <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> what's the I mean, name? What's, Ed, what, what's Edward Norton's character's name? Also, yeah. Tyler Durden. I don't know. Actually, not actually. No, it's not. I've only yeah. watched that a couple of times. Listen, I'm just saying. Yeah, I, I think people. I think people will as soon as they see Christopher Nolan's name on it, automatically, like for some reason. Like I think Tennant, he, I think he made that to to see, like how many people would be like, let's see if I just make this completely fat crap piece of garbage and and throw it out there, and then and then we can watch it. Let's see how many people will be like, this is a masterpiece, and then and it happens because because his name's attached to it. Like he, he it's just too much cachet with it with his name. I think. It, it just needs to stop. Make a good movie, you know. Again, I'm, I'm all for being against the personality. I, I just think Christopher on. Nolan is an actual gifted person, and um, I think he—you he, don't think he's earned it? I mean, obviously, no. the Dark Knight trilogy kind of sits aside of his other movies, but like Interstellar, Inter- Inception—you don't no. care for any of that. No, Interstellar. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing: he's like, here, this is what's coming out of my brain. Okay, I'm going to give you all these weird time things, and da 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 da. All right, doesn't make any sense. Like actual sense, like scientifically, <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. If anything, I think you know, uh, there's, a lot, of, there's a lot no, of there's a lot of astrophysicists who agree disagree with you. Dan, and there's a lot of them the... that, that say this is complete garbage. This is makes no sense whatsoever. I like Interstellar a lot, but stuff, I mean, I, I would say like... if there's a problem with Interstellar, it's that he uh, he lampshades what he's doing way too early. You're you're way ahead of that movie if you're paying attention. Yep. Oh, it's terrible. There's another, you know, you've got Matt Damon, you've got well, Anne Hathaway, wasted characters, in my opinion. Casey Affleck, who is an Oscar winner now, wasted character. He's just a guy that's in the background. He's okay, terrible. So Matt Damon is pretty key to Interstellar. He's, he's, you might he's, want to watch that one. Again. I'm not saying he's not key to the <laughs> story. I'm just saying he's wasted on, you know, just this, this, his role. I, I, I don't think it was written well. I think it was uh, pretty much hot trash. But that's just me. And every, you know, everybody's got different things. I, I just never feel like I get out of a Christopher Nolan movie. And I'm, now, let me say something. I have not seen Oppenheimer yet because I refuse to go to the theater and see it. Um, mostly because of my feelings for Nolan. But, <laughs> all right. I, I, I feel like that movie and like Memento and stuff that had any kind of like prior Dunkirk, you know, based on, you know, an actual battle. Like you it know, has Oppenheimer that, is based on both a man's life and a book about and a that. Book. It's based right. on a book, yeah. Right, right. So he's got that material before he goes into it. Like when he doesn't have to like really go super far and get deep into the weeds, you know, his movies actually are all right. I don't mind them. Like Inception, I mean, I I didn't talk love about their action, action action scenes. I, I don't even know what the hell you're talking. He is the worst action director ever. I mean, just terrible. Well, and people are like, oh, this guy is so good. I'm like, that. what are you talking about? This is the worst action scene I've ever seen. Inception had the worst. That movie, for me, 
I, I mean, I watched it probably two two times, I think, maybe three, and I'm just like, this is this is this is dumb. I think Inception I would be it. stronger if that third act action was better. I'm going to agree with you, Dan. Yeah, it was. It was. It was. But I like Inception a lot. Yeah. I love Inception. Yeah, I know it does. Yeah. yeah. Well, exactly. I'll, I've look. I'm sorry. Right. Listen, my favorite movie is Big Trouble in Little China. So what does that say? <laughs> all right, I love that <laughs> movie. Great That's movie. a great movie. I, a good that's movie. Good movie. for me. It's all a right? good movie. So my my opinion doesn't mean anything. I'm just saying, I don't think John don't, Carpenter is that talented. No, he's but not. that's a great movie. Great movie. Great movie. But you know, with that being said, you know, different strokes. It's fine. You guys do whatever you want to do. I just can't stand the <laughs> Look, guy. Look, all I can say, Dan, is I did Barbenheimer yesterday and I had a good oh, time. Nice. It was fun. Yeah. Two good movies. Did did you like the piece we talked about? How they covered that at the end of Oppenheimer? That we were talking about in DMs. I don't want to say it out loud. Well, I guess it's not really spoilers, but uh, it oh, oh, yeah, ago. yeah, yeah. I, I, I had less pro. Look, I, I would have liked if the movie fo- focused more on the McCarthyism part of it. It kind of was very focused on one person, um, which, which is fine. I mean, it's, it's a that's, that's, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's, that's kind of what they were going for. But um, yeah. I, I, I was satisfied with it. I didn't, I didn't think the reveal was that bad. I, I knew the reveal because I've read history and you know knew the, that character and what his relationship was with Oppenheimer. So um, that you know that that wasn't a, a surprise. But I, I thought it was very well I, for a movie where you're just hearing people talking. It's like smash cut, different conversations, yeah. jumping yeah. around in time, which is one of my least favorite uh, uh, things in movies is when they, they obfuscate the timeline just for, to make things interesting. But for that type of movie, I've, that movie went by super quick for me because I was just really into it. And three hours was like that. And then I watched Barb, you know, the Barbie movie, which also was really good, but even that movie, it dragged in places and it felt longer to me, even though it was less than two hour movie. And so, you know, he, he's very skilled, um, a filmmaker, I think. And, and, and I, I really liked the movie more, more than hug, I think. So, I, I tend yeah, to agree I thought with. It was okay, I got to the end and said, "I maybe I should have seen Barbie." But there you go. Yeah, <laughs> you probably you probably would hate Barbie. Well, actually, I don't know. I don't think I really liked Oppenheimer. Maybe you'd like. I, I really liked. It. I, I'm gonna watch it. I mean, I, mean, yeah, I, I think really Greta Gerwig it. is talented. I, I I don't have a problem saying that. Well, yeah, either. I think it was uh, for what I had no expectations of what that movie would be, and it was. Very How about Barbie on track to make a billion? Yeah, crazy. dude, Mattel announced 14 more movies this week. <laughs> I mean, that's nuts. They're going to make it just movies for everything. Uno, I guess, is getting a movie. I don't know. Man. <laughs> what? Yeah, they're, they're just, yeah, they're just they announced a whole bunch of movies because Barbie was so successful. They're just doing a whole wow. bunch of stuff now. Yeah. All right. Mattel, dude. Okay. They're going to be next yeah. Marvel. <laughs> Get ready for the <laughs> Sorry MCU. if I disappointed anybody this morning. M, M stands for Mattel. Yeah. You're allowed to not like Christopher Nolan, Dan. Mm. Yeah, I'm fine. I've known about this horrible secret of yours for years. It's fine. Yeah, let's not get started we'll with on. like Tom Hardy or anybody we'll else. On. No, no, yeah. we're moving on. We're moving sure. on. Sure. <laughs> All right. Uh, so a few shout outs before we get into uh, what we've been playing here. So uh, shout out Vintage Willow. Thank you very much for the 10 gifted memberships over on the season gaming side of the house. Super, super appreciated. Always very generous. Definitely. Thank you for that. Chris Mullen became a member on season gaming as well. Thank you, Chris. Appreciate it. Uh, Brent with chic to 10 gifted memberships over on the hoax side of the house so thank you for that always thank very you. generous as well thank you very much uh i will remind people i saw a couple comments from oh chris mullen also gifted five memberships on hoax channel so chris thank you very much a lot of generosity to kick us off this morning appreciate you um i will remind everyone there are comments um you know from 
members that don't pop up over here. So they're hard to find sometimes. So sorry about that if you say good morning. And of course, we'll kick off with our early morning Google Men Super Chat. Oh, geez. Oh, my God. I like this one because I think it's a remnant comment. It's always, it I looks like guess, it. I try to guess what Googleman's talking about. Yeah, it's our uh, Googleman puzzle. Even, yeah, I can't even pronounce half this crap. Jean Baudrillard's? Cindy you don't Rock, pronounce the L's. No, Baudrillard. Yeah, well, I'm, okay. Uh, <laughs> do I pronounce this L or is it Simulacra? Simulacra. No, you say those L's. That's right, English. I say that L? Okay. Simulacra. I can also say the L and, and simulation. Which I'm reading. Never. I mean, this guy. I love Googleman. God, he's the best. <laughs> the part of the homework the Matrix cast got from the Wachowskis, the Wachowskis. Oreo double stuff. Hey, <laughs> guess what? The Matrix, better movie than Inception. There you go. No, yep. I like the Wachowskis. Yeah, but I do too. They they haven't I, been as strong and consistent as Christopher Nolan. I'm not yes. a big fan of all three of the Matrix movies. <laughs> Of course. All yeah. three? You you, yeah. you looped in, in the first Matrix movie? I do loop in the first Matrix. I I I don't I can't get on board with Keanu Reeves as a protagonist. He he's just I I like him as a person, but his acting really bothers I, me. It's I don't I also agree that Keanu Reeves has gotten a little bit extra credit for apparently being a nice guy when he doesn't bring a ton to his role. I, I think that's I, probably I like look, fair, look, but he's look, I, I've he's met, I've awesome. met him. I've met him. He's a very nice guy, but like just I just he does nothing for me on camera. Unfortunately, your humble brag's notwithstanding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've met him. But, That's not a know. humble brag. That was just a brag. Come on, I own it. But there was no. Well, I was hanging at Keanu's house this one day, and he was yeah. talking about. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's oh man, um, Googleman, thank you as always for your uh, early morning super chat. All right, let's actually talk about some games, boys. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so Remnant 2, we, we had a long conversation about Remnant 2 last week. I don't want to spend forever on it this week, but I do find it interesting because there's not a lot of games, first of all, uh, especially I would say maybe in the AA space that all four of us play that Travis playing. also reviewed. That is a game I would typically say Dan and maybe even Hogue to some degree wouldn't normally play as well, actively anyway. Um, you know, uh, probably Dan the most. But it seems we've been talking all week about this game in our, our private chat, and we've all been playing quite a bit of it. So, um, Dan, I'm going to start with you, just kind of put you on the spot here, because this is people. some people call it a Souls-like. It's not really. Um, you know, I, I said that last week, and I, having played through it, I agree with you. It is it's got a couple elements, play. obviously, of that formula, but, I mean, it's yeah, not like, maybe. you know... You don't, for instance, I guess the biggest one that would separate it is when you die, you don't drop all of your scrap, right? You, you don't, don't have to collect go. your souls. Yeah. yeah. And, and there's, you know, it's got some, it's kind of a weird mix of, of different games, but um, that was standing. How are you doing with it? Uh, you were worried about the difficulty. You were worried about kind of liking the setup of the game, but it seems but anyway, based on our conversation, you're really digging it. Yeah. So it's fun because my son and I are playing it at the same time. And when we co-op or just no, 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 parallel, just, no, he's playing on the PC. I'm playing upstairs on the console and he's, uh, so we, you know, he'll come in and we'll sit there and talk about it for like 15 minutes every day. And he'll be like, yeah, this is what happened with me. And that's completely different than what I've done, which I think is really cool. And it's cool that they incorporated like kind of different, you know, even bosses. He's like, yeah, I got through this boss. All I had to do was like shoot a deer. I'm like, what? 
you know, and while I was sitting here struggling with, you know, and I say struggling, but really I'm, I'm, I'm on the base level, whatever survivor or whatever it's called. I think it is survivor. Okay. Um, and I had some problems with one, the first world boss. I've actually had more problems Which with like some of the mini boss night weaver for you night weaver. Yep. And that's because I wasn't prepared for the second round of night weaver. After I knew that it, it went much easier and I figure out a couple things now. And then the other world bosses that I've fought, I've either finished them in the first try or the second try. I haven't had a nice. lot of problems beating these guys. And I, so I'm like, man, this, I thought this would be a little bit harder. It's generally a very fair game when, yeah. when you're allowed to play the game. Right. We'll, we'll get there in a minute. Yeah. And now the problem I'm, I am what, at what I believe is the final area. Um, and this is one of my pet peeves with any game. When you have like an artificial difficulty spike, like all of a sudden, like it just went from, okay, I'm, you know, I'm having a good time. I'm, you know, I'm, it's challenging, but it's, you know, it seems pretty fair. And then all of a sudden I get to like, I don't know if it's a mini boss or something. And I'm just like, man, this thing is turning it up. I'm like, okay. Is it uh, the one that has empathy? Uh, or is it earlier it's, than that? It's it's, it's root, root boy. It's one, yeah. It's yeah. That True was boy. yeah. The first root boy, boy. Yeah. yeah. Well, then, yeah. So and then and then, but I finished it. I was like, all right. And then I get to another area, and I was like, man, this is getting harder and harder. Just getting from point to point. And then I got to a boss last night, and I was like, this guy. I it probably took me ten times, and I still haven't finished it because I'm. I'm is he? Does he fly around? Yes, he does. Yeah. Okay. He's yeah. A, so yeah, he's that a boss. Villain. That uh, boss is definitely like a, a a skill check before the final boss because what right. they do is they they give you a normal ish enemy. It's an enemy type you see before, but they give it a perk called empathy, and empathy uh, is a, a trait where if you use your dragon heart, the enemy also heals from a dragon heart. So basically, you have to beat the boss without healing yourself. Yeah, that's 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 really hard. So yeah. I mean, but yeah, yeah. I mean, but you, but you know, the thing about that is, you know, you could you could build up to it a little bit better. I think, I think, you know, I just didn't feel like like I, I was going from level to level, and I was kind of paying attention to what my power level was, and it was really low at first. I mean, it was like four or five for a long part of the game until I started leveling up my uh, secondary uh, archetype, and then I think I'm at eleven. I think now, uh, I think the level calls for 13 technically you know it's it's it's, it's kind of arbitrary but it, you know I, I was i was finishing level nine stuff and with a level five power level so i mean i'm not sure how much that matters um it does matter but, but yeah it's supposed to be slightly above your current power level the whole game so whenever you first enter a world for the first time or an area mm -hmm. it rolls that difficulty according to your power level when you enter it and see and then i went back to was Aisha and you know to get the summoner build and, and do a bunch of other stuff and I miss so much stuff like I can look at my map and they've got little question marks in little areas that you don't you know that you haven't got mm -hmm. to yet I'm like man I didn't even know that existed I said mm -hmm. what the hell's going on you know and and how did I miss that you know I say that to myself quite a bit back up, back, said, back up one second yeah so when you look at your map when you're in a level obviously it's red right and you kind of fill it all in and there's levels and different mm -hmm. hidden areas you can find but you just said question marks i don't think i've ever seen okay. a question yeah. mark. so the, 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 the question marks are in the overworld map and they yeah, show when up when you're once traveling you, 
once you've cleared an overworld level, they'll show up to show you like all the different points of interest with like little bubbles that you missed. Yeah. And those are optional side quests. When, you, when you're fast traveling. Yeah. So it'll show you the, the question mark on the uh, checkpoint that you can fast travel to. No, no, no. no so, they'll show so, the so checkpoint the, on the ones you missed, like the bubbles that aren't filled in on the map. Well, but I think it only, yeah. I think it only populates when you beat the overworld. Yeah. So like if you, you, you want to say boss, you the boss travel. of that world. Yeah. Uh, well, there's two overworlds in every uh, instance of the game. And so you, one of them is like you go through an overworld and there'll be a mandatory dungeon with the boss at the end, but it's not the world boss. And then you get to the second yes. overworld. And then there's so every time you beat you clear an overworld, you clear the the unskippable objective. Then you when you fast travel and you look at the overworld map, you'll see that there are now bubbles to uh, acknowledge all the side quests that you either completed or didn't. And if you got to those checkpoints, you can fast travel to them. And if you haven't, there'll be a little empty bubble with a question mark, which will just tell you that there's more stuff to discover that is connected to that overworld. Gotcha. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and I mean, I'm having a good time with it. I don't, and I'm not, I wish there was a little bit more <laughs> like a, a steady buildup where you had to, you know, I don't know, man. Like, I just feel like as soon as I got to that last boss, um, the empathy thing that you said, Travis, it was, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, it was, it's rough, man. I mean, it's it's just like that's what I expected a Souls like game to be like a boss, and and I never really saw that throughout the game. Um, there was a couple of spots that were kind of like, oh, that's kind of tough, you know. And then there was you know a couple of them. I was like, that was it. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, but like for the most part, um, I think I like there's one on. Gosh, I don't even know where it was. To be honest with you, uh, maybe it was the labyrinth. I fought some monster that had like four arms with like swords and they kind of spin around and he throws his arm out oh that like was yesha is that yesha okay, that was many, yeah, many, fa- many faces yeah. Yeah. took me i think i got the first time i fell off the side of whatever and then the second time i basically had that that gun you get with the night weaver and i hit it special and got such a good gun i mean it's yeah ridiculous. i mean he's actually a special go yeah that's it yeah you just sit there and, and all of a sudden it, it, it was dead and i was like wow that was really 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 easy um but it was still fun and i enjoyed it because i was actually making progress and now i feel like i've hit a huge difficulty wall and it's really kind of bumming me out because i know i'm really close to the end you are um and this is and, the this is the final skill check before the final boss and yeah i, I would so I, I can't really skill checks prior to yeah that, I, so I, can... I can't really uh so it is, it is interesting because uh, your skill checks are kind of dependent on which storylines you get and bosses you end up with. And I think, mm. you know, may, maybe some of that has unprepared you. But um, I think the the thing I can't really speak to is I've never played on Survivor difficulty. So I don't know how much easier the rest of the journey was up until this point. And it's possible that just the difficulty scaling when you get to the final world is a little off for, I, I, I tend to believe this game wasn't optimized for survival difficulty in mind would be my guess. So I, I can't really speak to that, but um, it's interesting. If you need help, you know, I'll at your boy. I'll join in your game. Yeah. 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 yeah, so Elu reviewed it for us. Who's in the chat? He said you're right near the end too, Dan. Like Travis said, mm-hmm. um, but me and him and his brother have been co-oping, and uh, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah. Oh, also, I should mention, Dan, if you if you fight that boss in co-op, the boss loses empathy for some reason. I mm-hmm. don't understand why. So that that frees you up to heal without drawbacks. So I, I, I had yeah. no idea that was yeah because yeah, he looked similar to like another 
you yeah. know, kind of a leader. He's basically, he's basically just a regular other enemy, but he, he has some special moves, but his main perk empathy is what makes him hard. It's yeah. kind of like a, a little bit of a troll. Like, can you beat a, can you beat this boss without healing yourself more or less? Yeah. I probably cannot. I recommend <laughs> equipping we'll healing regeneration. Healing over time doesn't count. It's just when you use dragon hearts. So I recommend equipping your loadout to just be use the roots, the roots and the, uh, the, what are they concoctions or whatever they use? Yeah. The, the concoctions yeah. you can use root for healing over time. And then you can equip the summoner subclass, uh, to gain, um, the regeneration perk over time. There you go. So Nailed there's it. things you can do to make it a little easier for you. Yeah. Right. Which well, is, which is really kind of the essence of, uh, that is very, Soulsish in the sense of you'll hit walls all the time and you just need to take a step back, rethink your build and what you have at your disposal, and you can almost always overcome mm -hmm. you know what's in front of you. So mm. all right, Hogue, you said you had some uh gripes as well. How how are the cubes treating you nowadays? I do have some gripes. Oh, the cubes are still there. I, I hate the cubes. <laughs> I I mean the cubes, which is this boss slash puzzle encounter thing in the middle of the labyrinth is gimmicky right like it's one hit kills if you let this thing slam into you but you can knock over the sides of the cubes in order to sit in the holes but the collision detection isn't awesome on remnant so it'll still sometimes drag you around the corner uh regardless of whether or not you're ducking in the hole or not and ultimately it's about knowing where you have to stand while things are fired at you and you face off against these geometric cubes but i mean Understand, I, I've had a million cognition tests in the last six months, many of which relate to boxes and <laughs> unfolding them and making space spatial things. And I've never been good at spatial. I'm worse now. And these are just like little logic problems rather than playing remnant. So you talk about skill checks. I'm OK with skill checks and gatekeeping and things for actually playing the game. This is a dumb little thing that they thought was real smart. And essentially, I don't feel like <laughs> playing the game anymore. It's a Christopher Nolan of bosses. Oh, so what's funny about this and Hogan, and I have talked about this offline, oh. but um, that this is my favorite boss in the game. It's also maybe my favorite boss in any game. Like I really, I like really like this boss. It's super cool. Um, it's basically you get trapped in a maze and there are cubes moving throughout the maze that are trying to crush you and you have to fight the maze itself. Like you have to shoot the blocks chasing you and areas uh, of the maze as you walk around it. And it's one of those ideas that is just super unique and feels like a souls boss. And I, I really, really love this encounter. And I was surprised to hear Hogue didn't because I was like waiting with anticipation for Hogue to get to this part of the game. Cause I was like, dude, he's going to love this because Hogue loves unique ideas. And lo and behold, he's like ready to quit remnant two over it, which is pretty just much the, terrible outcome i was not expecting uh, i really really i, I, I liked it i didn't think it was incredible to your level travis but i liked it i enjoyed something different you know that you had to kind of figure out it took me i died right at first like shooting stuff and i'm like oh okay and then yeah. i just started running through the maze and figuring out where i could stand it's just yep. it's such no, a I unique idea for a boss like i just was really in love with with how i'd just never seen anything like that in a game i was like that's cool great idea I don't think the controls of Remnant 2 are as technical as needed to do a boss like that. I am I am with you. Remember, I, I said in our DMs that this game is like, I, I love it. And with the, about 10% of anger 
and there's very little things. I was talking to Elo about this. There's just little annoyances to me about the game that get to me at times, and that would be one of them. Like it's it's very polished for what it is, but it's not like to that level that you would be used to playing in like a third person shooter, like a triple A third person shooter. It's just not there. And little what, things annoy what are, me. What are the specific little things? Well, like like Hoke said, sometimes you're good to move and it just feels a little it's like not as quick as you would expect. I I, I really dislike the Resident Evil like run, which is like a slow jog as well. That's I, that drives me crazy. If you're gonna make a character run, run. Okay. Don't just pick up pace by like four percent. Um the other thing I hate is like it doesn't load actions well, like a normal uh, shooter or action game would. So, for instance, if I'm shooting and then I hit X to reload and then left bumper to use my heel, right? It'll just ignore that I hit left bumper. It's not fast like that. It's like I have to reload, wait for you to wait, to do then it I have to hit left bumper, then I have to wait. And obviously, the healing delay is by design, right? It takes a second to heal. Yeah, but that's a long. That's a long process. It's a long heal, and you can get rings and other things to make it faster, but. Um, which is cool. I'm fine with that. But the loading of the actions isn't as precise. And again, this is coming from someone who plays competitive shooters all the time. So it might just be an annoyance to me. But um, those little things annoy me because when I'm in the heat of the action and I'm trying to spin around and there's bullets and enemies everywhere and I'm, I'm hitting buttons and they're not doing what I want them to do, that drives me crazy. Um, also, well, am I crazy or can I not lock on to an enemy? Like, I don't, you can't, I don't, but it's I mean, a it has shooter. A why would you? Yeah. Why would it definitely soft locks. Yeah, I mean what, what, the camera. It has aim assist, but yeah. Yeah. What, what shooters do you have lock on for? Well, I'm thinking of it like because you don't have to be a shooter, right? You can be full melee if you want. Um, and yeah, so you th- think of it play it like a like a, a third person action game. You can usually lock on to things, or at least have some sort of uh, targeting. I mean, I yeah, like I my plasma sword, but I'm still going to use my guns. So. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think the the melee you can build into it, but I think their uh, version of melee is like you swing and it hits everything in a 180 degree arc, pretty yeah, much. So far yeah, as yeah, I yeah. can tell, like you just you're just going for, and you stagger everything. So, yeah, my yeah. my fiance did a melee build for pretty much the entire game, and she was just like. Yeah, it's great. You just run up to things and you hit one button and everybody just gets <laughs> There's a lot of a lot of like rings and perks that build into it for yeah. sure. So, but I, like I said, no, I, I really love the game. There's just these it's these minor little things um that annoy I like me at the times. world. I like the stuff that they're doing with them. It's a pity I won't see any more of them. <laughs> You'll get through that boss. I'll help you. <laughs> what platform are you on? Uh I am playing on my Xbox. But Perfect. It would, not, go, it would not be an enjoyable experience to just have Travis drop in and defeat the cubes for me. It would not be. I, I, I can fun. give you the trick. I don't know if you caught my comment yesterday, but when you spawn in, there's there's a hallway to the other end of the door, and the door's locked, right? It's got that like haze on it. You can't get through because you have to beat the boss. If you cut through and then you get to that doorway, right? Turn around and back into the doorway. As long as you're holding back, the cube will roll on that square and it won't hit you. I literally yeah, just stood there and shot, shot everything, the and the cube will come literally up to your face, but it doesn't actually hurt you. <laughs> I found places to stand. It's not that. It's just. But I mean, you don't have to I'm move. Not enjo- I'm not enjoying the experience, so I got yeah. better things to do. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, sir. Fair enough. It's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> well. That's Remnant 2. If you want to hear more about the uh, Travis's review, our review, and kind of more detailed comments, we had a long discussion last week about it, if you missed that. So you can check that out. But I want to talk about some other games that we've been playing, because other stuff came out. Um, 
I also uh, super excited about Baldur's Gate 3, which comes out next week, but we'll get there. But I wanted to ask you guys um, what else you've been playing, because I know we talked to Pikmin 4 briefly last week. I don't know if that's still been in the rotation for you guys. Um, yep. As well as I'm curious, and, and I realize this is more of a family or kid-focused game, but did anyone pick up Illusion Island by chance on the Switch? Okay. Yes. Okay. Illusion Island is much better than I thought it would be. I was super excited about it. I know, like I said, it's a very kind of entry-level type of uh, Metroidvania from what I hear. But um, well, You basically was... don't fight anything. It's, okay. a, it's a navigation-type game. But whereas Castle of Illusion, which is what I thought the reference was to as a kind of spiritual successor to yes. way back in the day, Castle of Illusion is like a Super Nintendo Genesis-era yep. Disney animated Mickey game. Awesome um, game. Illusion Island is set up like a metroidvania rather than levels so it's got a big open world but rather than fight things you just are collecting navigational powers and it's really well done everybody in the crew it's a four-player cooperative game so you get mickey Minnie, goofy and donald get the same power but differently represented so you get a wall jump and mickey gets a pencil to jump off of and goofy gets a fork and that kind of thing as you go through the game my kids absolutely were having a blast with it it's got Cute little cartoons to tell the story that are very much like the current Mickey shorts that have a lot of good humor in them. It's, it's a fun world to explore. It's really a lot better than I thought it would be. And I highly recommend it for anybody that is interested in that kind of exploration type game. My daughter said it reminded her of a game that she really liked called, um, uh, I think it's, I'm going to get it wrong, but it's it's like Yuka's Express. It's, a, it's the pinball bug game. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Um, I don't remember the name either. Yeah. It, I'll look it up. Something Express. I'm missing the middle word. But uh, I, Illusion Island is great. I've also been playing um, Spirit Hunters. We, we referenced it a little bit last week. It is Yoku's Island Express. Okay, Yoku's Island Oh, Yoku's Express. Island Express. I like that game. Little pinball yeah. beetle who delivers yeah. mail. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, and when you die in Illusion Island, you become a piece of mail, and the and the rest of your crew has to find a mailbox to revive you. Okay. Just like um, in real life. Yeah, I mean, it happens. I haven't tested it out, but sure. Try sliding a corpse into a mailbox. You won't be disappointed. <laughs> yes, well, I, I highly recommend Illusion Island, especially if you like the current kind of model of the shorts. It's very well animated. It's, it's very interesting to look at. It's fun to play. It's very responsive platforming. Um, just don't expect to attack anything, like ever. Yeah, that's kind of that's kind of interesting. I heard that too, and I was like, that got me down a little bit. But I then again, I didn't expect this to be this high skill level Metroidvania, right? It's it's not made for that. So. I don't think you really even notice it that much because <clears> for the <throat> most part, platformers have you jumping on things, and you're just not yeah. jumping on things. They're just all spiky. But okay. it's Fair. it's a lot of fun. It's 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 a good game. It's another. Good addition to the Switch lineup that I've been playing. It goes with Pikmin 4, and as I've been playing Pikmin 1 Remastered in order to earn the right to get up to Pikmin 4. We'll see. My, my daughter is playing through Pikmin 4 right now, so I have to go earn it because I haven't... I couldn't remember enough of the plot points from the first three Pikmin. So you Plot points in Pikmin. Yes, yes. You got to remember okay. who Captain Olimar is, where he's at, whether he got off the first planet, who Louie is, this kind of thing. There's tests at Hogg's. 
<laughs> All right. Fair enough. Fair which enough. Which type of Pikmin have ears? Which ones have noses? It's a whole thing. Pikmin um, lore, as we call it. Pikmin lore. Um, Pikmin you lore. mentioned Spirit Hunters, which uh, Elu, who reviewed Remnant Force, also reviewed Spirit Hunters uh, last week uh, as a kind of, what do you call it, roguelike horde survivor genre vampire survivors is obvious you know the the cultural reference at this point but how are you enjoying that i like it quite a bit i mean it's vampire survivors with a few different ideas right so i mean like that's what we expect is that genre kind of becomes an existent one is people exploring different concepts spirit hunters lets you pick which kind of upgrade you're going to make to each power uh and i think that's cool and then it has a kind of skill tree that you use the various resources that you get from every playthrough to d figure out when you're going to get levels and characters and things in a way that's maybe a little bit cooler than vampire survivors but it's the same kind of game if you've played vampire survivors you know the experience you're going to get but it is fun much okay. like vampire survivors i do think you can get a little over the music just because you're in the same space for so long sure. uh but it's a good game i find myself playing it much like vampire survivors for you know, four sessions when I had planned to play it for one, that kind of thing. And so I, I do recommend it as well. It is on the more expensive side of the Vampire Survivors pricing spectrum. So I think it's like 10 bucks. <laughs> yeah, fair. But that is more I think expensive it, side for them. Yeah, I know. I know. It's just Those games are all running like two or three or four. Gotcha. Um, and it is on all platforms, I believe, as well. So uh, you can pretty much find it everywhere. Cool. Very cool. Travis, you play anything good? That you could talk about? Um, I mean, I can say that I'm playing some games. I'm working on some reviews uh, for uh, Blasphemous 2 and the Texas Chainsaw Massacre game, uh, which should both go live next week. Happy um, days in the Travis household. Happy days <laughs> in the Travis household. Lots of gore and blood and gross. Uh, yeah, it's very fun. <laughs> Basically, my fiance doesn't want to be in the same room as me because she's like, oh, are you doing gross body horror stuff again? I'm like, yeah, come on down to the chop shop. <laughs> Even when you're um, not playing games. Yeah, yeah. What's funny is, you know, uh, my brother was visiting with me the other day and he said that he was getting in trouble for playing Diablo 4 because mm. if you ever like just listen to the soundtrack, if you're playing Diablo 4 or somebody's near it and you just listen to how that game sounds, he was getting in trouble for it being in the other room because it's just kind of uh glopping of yeah. squishy viscera Squish. mm -hmm. <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah. so i know that feeling Drop some headphones boy do yourself a favor in that relationship god damn <laughs> um yeah and then uh, i did want to give a shout out to some games i previewed i can't talk about one of them damn okay i'll talk about that one next week um uh but i can't talk about uh the game um what is it called uh it's a good preview. It'll come to me. Yeah, I like it. it. Uh, some some name and then aged through blood. I'll look it up. It's something. It's on. I I published it this week. Um, Laika. I remembered it. I remembered it on my own. It's L A I K A colon aged through blood. Uh, sorry, I have I have two previews that are going live within a week of each other, and they both have really similar names. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, I don't want to say the one I'm not allowed to talk about. Uh, okay, so it's a uh, Leica H through Blood. Uh, this is a game uh, that you can play uh, an hour plus demo on Steam for, uh, and it is a really cool what they call a Motorvania, which is Metroidvania where you're on a dirt bike, um, and uh, it kind of reminds me of like Trials HD. 
if you guys ever played those games, mm-hmm. the trial series, uh, where yep. you're trying to stay aloft in your, you're trying to trying to write your your motorcycle as you go up and down hills and ramps and stuff like that. Except for um, it's got uh, gunplay as well, like you are getting shot at and you have to deflect bullets with your bike's body. And then also, uh, you play an anthropomorphic coyote, a mother coyote, and um, you. It is extremely violent, the game. So I, there's just a lot of violence in my household right now, I guess is my <laughs> point. Um, but it's like just really adult themes considering that you play a cartoon coyote. Um, You're playing coyote so, riding a bike? Yeah, it's anthropomorphic animals. So like, okay. you know, the beginning of the game, like you're like, all right, my, my, my buddy's missing. And then you, you go to a place and then you find out that it's like a, a, an adolescent dog that's been crucified with its own guts. And you're like, naturally sick. This game is going to be super lighthearted. <laughs> you're like, what is this game? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's really cool. Uh, the music is really good. The game plays really well. And it, it was just a, a smaller game that, you know, I played a little bit of and wrote about and want people to know about, uh, which is really cool. So yeah, I've been playing um, a bunch of interesting games. I've also been playing The Expanse. I know Hogue's been on that as well. Oh, Telltale I did play game. that this week. I, the only reason yeah. I didn't mention it is because it was so short. I, I forgot to yeah. put it on my list. It Expanse Episode 1 is great. It's basically as good as any kind of Telltale game has looked, I think. Yep, definitely. Uh, but it is on the shorter side. So I, I don't know what it took me, but maybe maybe less than two hours. And, and did you... So I'm... Is episode two not out, and I just have access to it for other reasons? Is that is I? Not- I didn't see it with access, but okay. I mean, it's possible that I hit the wrong buttons. It's not overly clear. It just sends you to the PlayStation Store. Got it. Okay. All right. Yeah, yeah, I gotta so- look that up. I was curious about that one, but I've heard good things. It seemed to get decent reviews. It's very yeah, good. I previewed the first episode like a couple months ago. I think we talked about it on the show um and uh was really impressed with it as a, a fan of the i mean i the love books. the expanse universe yeah yeah the the expanse universe is cool um and uh yeah the it, i guess i shouldn't talk about the second episode because i don't know if that's out yet i thought it was so um yeah cool that game's um, that game's awesome I was trying to look it up while you guys were talking it looks like Oh man, I thought I saw something that said it every episode releases two weeks after, like after the first mm. one. But I don't know if that's right. That's just what came up on Google. So I'll take it. I don't believe I have access to a second episode yet. Okay. But I'm not positive, so I won't commit to it. I yeah, played well, the first episode and got to the credits there, and then I didn't have immediate access to the second. But yeah. Google made it, if you don't like the proto molecule. There's no reason the proto molecule should be making a significant impact on this story from where it is in the timeline and who you're playing as. Mm. So. It is every two weeks, by the way, boys. Uh, August 10th, episode two. August 24th, September 7th, September 21st. And then I believe there's a deluxe edition that includes a bonus episode six called Archangel. So. I don't have that. I don't have that. It's unfortunate. Okay. <laughs> That's cool, mm. though. I was curious about that one. Um, it's really before- good. Before we move on, I realized that we forgot to talk about a uh, debate topic, not a debate topic, but a poll that we wanted to do with the audience on mm-hmm. around Remnant because we had a discussion yesterday in our DMs around um, the Ar- Archon, is it? 
yeah, the Archon the is the yeah. archetype in Remnant 2 that, if you don't know this game at all, is one of the secret character classes that you can earn throughout playing of the game. Now, in general, the way you get these things in Remnant 2 is there are little items... <laughs> excuse me. There are little items you can purchase that you then go and have properly blessed, and they will become character classes for the rest of your account, your game, uh, in this space. But there are secret ones where you have to do special things. And in this particular instance, what the folks behind Remnant 2 did is they put the directions to get this class in the code itself rather than making it available to you through normal gameplay. So they said that this was a essentially a commentary on the nature of reality and seeing between the lines of the code and things. And so data miners went and figured out exactly where you have to stand in order to get this archetype with the right loadout. And the debate, insofar as it was, that we were having behind the scenes is that I hate this. I, I hate this conceptually. <laughs> I hate going outside the framework <laughs> of the media in order to gain access to parts of it. Travis, I'm sure you will not be surprised to hear, is against me on this. <laughs> so, Travis, I, uh, I'll let you advocate for your position on this. Yeah. So, the and I'm it's gonna, an while Travis speaks, I'm going to put a poll up. Uh, pull up on the season. Whoa, game whoa, 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 wait. Not yet, not yet, because we're going to get a whole lot of ignorant answers. Let's debate it and then put the poll up. Oh, please right. educate us. I like yeah. the people that so, have only so, heard from me are ignorant, Travis. Before, <laughs> before the jury starts making a decision, let them hear the defense's case, would be my argument. All right. Um, so, uh, the, the, there's an interesting problem in game development right now, which is that you can't put anything in your game as a secret without it getting data mined. And it's a big problem, especially for games like Remnant 2 that really enjoy their secrets. And if you've played this game, you know that they enjoy the heck out of their secrets. They've got hundreds and hundreds of items and unlockables, and some of them have weird instructions and that sort of thing. And um, the the way that... Uh, some game some games have dealt with this in different ways one like bungie spent a whole bunch of money developing technology to hide obs obfuscate stuff from data miners which is kind of interesting um but that that technology is very expensive and so companies like gunfire games couldn't afford to do it for their game and so in order to uh kind of play with the idea of well there's no secrets behind data mining they hit a secret so deep that really the only way to find out how to get it was through data mining, and it became kind of an ARG type of game, which if you don't know, it's augmented reality gaming. And this is a, a thing that exists in lots of looter shooters. Um, Destiny has played around with it a lot, where they've had events where only by the community coming together and making like a big Excel spreadsheet of certain data points could they figure out how to unlock or solve some mystery in the game. Um, it's become such a... Uh, a big part of live service games now that uh, Marathon is apparently going to be a game that plays into the idea of ARG and doing stuff outside of the game and doing community-driven events extremely uh, strongly. And so um, Remnant 2's story is about, you know, basically us being in the Matrix. That's kind of the premise of the game. It's It's got like a, you know, we're all living in code kind of subtext to it. Um, and if you are... are familiar with computers or coding at all you'll know that the root the main enemy ha has some uh some parallels between root code uh in in you know uh, computer coding which is kind of interesting um and so uh they they uh, hid this thing in in the meta uh, metadata in the uh, the data mining 
uh, files so that uh, people would only be able to discover it by that. And it became a really cool community event where people were in Reddit and on a special Discord trying to crack this code, um, basically working together to try to figure out how the heck you unlock uh, the final uh, archetype, which, by the way, the only reason that they knew everything that was in the game, including all of the 11 archety archetypes, was because of data mining. And so a lot of the secrets had already kind of been pulled out of the game, unfortunately, because of data miners. And so this was one that they hid specifically for data miners, which is kind of interesting. Well, so anyway, realizing about what's really cool, notwithstanding council. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, I mean, you editorialized about what wasn't cool. So I would say that I'm rebutting what you said, uh, but I, the, uh, the, the debate that we were having was, is it, is it okay for games to go outside of the, you know, confines of the medium? And Hogue's argument was, I don't like when they do that. I just want to play my game, which I would view as an, an old man kind of archaic way of thinking of it, which is fine. But my, my point Heaven of view forbid. is... Uh, yeah, I mean, I I think that when you try to tell artists what the confines of their medium oh are, God. you've already kind of taken a step in the wrong direction. <laughs> like, oh boy, um, because because they the the games medium is continually evolving. I don't think that there are defined boundaries or perimeters on what can be included. And Kevin, I think you see that. Here's the issue, yeah. right? Your 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 logic here ends with me getting all the backstory for my Final Fantasy game from a movie starring Boromir. OK, right. Like that's where that goes is you have all this extraneous bullshit that doesn't let you get what you want from the product that you purchased. Yeah, well, uh, that has already been happening for years. I, 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 I don't have to be people... for it because it happened before. Yeah. So some some <laughs> some people have frustration with that. I would argue that this is very different from that. They didn't hi hide anything no, that it's is not. A... It, it, sure it's, it is. it's hold on. It's buying that like box cutter that they put in that super sealed like plastic that you need the box cutter to actually access that's what this is it's super annoying you can't get into that damn thing you sit there and you like gotta find like the sharpest knife and you just stab it a whole bunch of it's just a it's a waste i, of I don't know where to begin i with bought your, the damn knife <laughs> just let me have the knife i don't need to look, buy another knife so i can get look, to my new knife Th That's this what, this what like. to, to me ARG stuff is super cool because what it what it has accomplished is the casual players who don't want to engage in it they get the thing when the community solves the problem they get it and that's what happened here right if you didn't know about this archetype you're completely unaffected because you find out oh there's an 11th archetype in the game and then here's how you get it and that's a super easy process for you or no, I, you, travis you're assuming here that i want to be a part of these communities or i want to have these conversations i don't i don't okay. want to be on the reddit for remnant 2 to figure out how the game works i don't want to be reading through your guides on ign i apologize okay i then, don't want to go through these things then you don't get the 11th archetype and you're none the wiser so what's the problem I'm none the, the wiser, except it's a multiplayer game, and there's dudes rolling around in different archetypes. Yeah, yeah, but you're not going to encounter those people unless you intentionally act access the multiplayer, which it sounds like you're playing it single player, so it would un not affect you. And there's no PvP, so it's not like you get an unfair disadvantage. I'm not talking about fairness. I'm talking about what I like to have as part of my product. I don't want to go into these communities. I don't want to be a part of these games. I don't want to do these various things. <laughs> And I don't want to have to go through a guide to figure out where to get, you know, what is part of the code that I did purchase the license well, to. 
here's the thing. If if they had just hit it really well in the game, you would be in the same situation because you would never get that archetype either because you wouldn't I, I presume they would explain how to get there somehow. Right? So, so, I th- so, I, so, so I think my point the is the, there's, the a bunch, there's a bunch of, of secret archetypes in the game that you will never find, Hoke. And they are in the game and you don't have to go to a community to find them out, but they're just so well hidden, you're not going to find them, right? And so those archetypes are equally inaccessible to you if you don't engage with the community. So now, wait a minute. with it, all due respect, Travis, I you were reviewing this before the community existed. You found, I know one, because you were proud of yourself. I got to believe I can find what Travis found. I, you, I found multiple <laughs> of them. I found multiple of them. And I, th- I think, I think you will find some of them, but there's, there's, there's two in particular that I just, I, I, you're not going to be able to find it without, without but, looking it up. But if, if that's true, then I sit here and say, well, that's bad design. If you didn't give me enough signposts to figure it out, I'm not saying I'm a genius. I'm not saying I can figure out everything, but the, the goal of the game design for secrets is to lead me with the breadcrumb trail to where I can figure out for myself what's going on. Not so that I can go read a Reddit post to some guy that read the code to figure out that I need to have this gun equipped in this doorway. Yeah. I mean, it, it's so there's, there's two things here. One is should secrets be easier to find, which uh, that's an entire other debate because the, your argument so far as I can tell is that uh, you just want games to be self-contained. You want all the, all the game to be in the game without you having to go to a, a, a third party. So I want you to have designed a game and not just a roadmap to a Reddit post. Yes. Correct. So in that case, you have no problem with the archetypes that you can technically find in the game, but are really hard to find, right? Because either you're not going to look up in the community or you're going to spend a lot of time trying to find it on your own and maybe you'll succeed. But I, I tend to think you but that's don't what have I do. That's what we all do when we play games. If we're not going straight to like the map with the X's on it that IGN will have. It says here's yeah. where you find the six demon coins in order to access the cave of wonders. Yeah, right? yeah. And and full disclosure, I hate guides and I would never use one, right? I like to discover stuff on my own. Uh, and and I think that that's totally fine. So then the question that I think that is the the poll question, right? Which it's I already up. It, it just there. went live. It just went live. And it, it's been yeah. way too long since I've gotten to use this. So, you what know, I got to for sure. Come on. It's got to be up. Yeah. I try but, to, yeah. I mean, remember, it's a YouTube poll. I can't add a lot of context, right? But basically yeah. what I said is, do you enjoy games putting in secrets that require community involvement to solve? Yeah. So that, yeah, and I, I think that that's a, that's a fair way to phrase it. Um, and I, I'm sure that it'll probably be like 50-50, which is, which is fine. There's some people that just want games to be what they have been. I would call them old, backwards people. Uh, and then there are people who want to see the what games can be because g- games evolving in a way where they can have ARG doesn't mean that the old way can't exist as well. You can have both of those things. But I think that when you try to tell artists, hey, get back in, in the hole the, that I know you for, then you're making a pretty big mistake, I would say, on the potential evolution. There, it takes a little bit of experimentation and sometimes in the wrong direction to find new ways to break out of the mold of the medium. And I would never discourage a creator in this space from trying something weird and new. And I think ARG has proven that uh, it extends the life of the game. It encourages community involvement, especially if it's a game that develops over time and has like a live service element to it, right? Um, it, it just, it. I mean, Destiny wouldn't be around probably today without some of the help it's gotten from that. 
Uh, and I, I think it's it's kind of cool. So for the people who want to do it, I say do it. For the companies that don't want to do it and want to make like a, an older version of the medium or a more traditional uh, game, go for it, man. I mean, both can exist, but I like that Remnant tried something new and it it is fitting that they hit it in the code given the premise of the game. Like you guys all get that, right? That it was kind of a, a nod to the story in the game. Like that's kind of cool. So uh, I don't know. I liked it. Can I add a, a a wrinkle here to this discussion, sure. oh, which do. is because because no, because I find myself kind of on both sides. Right. I, I like when there's yeah, secrets to uncover in a game, but <laughs> I like discovering them myself. Right. Yeah. However, I think in this case, I, I can't tell if I like what Remnant has done, because usually when you well, I won't say usually, but in a lot of cases I've played where games put secrets in or things you can discover, right? It has to do with either lore around characters, some type of storytelling, some type of thing that adds to the experience of the player who really wants to dive into that world, right? Like if you're the type of player who wants to really experience everything a world or a game has to offer, there's games that do a good job of allowing you to dig deeper, right? And learn more about that world. I think there's I've, a lot of I've told you all about I love bees. I, I loved that back in the day, but it had nothing to do with gaining access to anything in Halo 2. So that's where I was going, Hogue, is I think the difference here is, is if you aren't on Reddit and you're not on Twitter and you're just playing Remnant 2, um, you clearly know nothing about the Archon like we were talking about, like you said, Travis. But I think in this case, right, it's an actual fundamental class in the game. Right. Like it is not fundamental. That's probably the wrong word, yeah, but it is it fundamental. It is. It's a class in the game. Right. So it, it directly impacts gameplay potentially and, and limits if you don't have it or you don't have any of these hidden classes for that matter. Your options on how you approach combat in the game are different or less lessened. I would you say, did right? tell Danny had to go get a summoner. As part, of <laughs> so I think I think yeah. that's where that one's pretty easy where the, get, line, the line can be a little drawn. Like I, I do like what they've done. I like the spirit of it. Um, and I think uncovering things, secrets as you go, the secrets in Remnant in general, like killing bosses in alternate ways and things. I'd, I've only heard through the grapevine, like my stepson and you guys, that I wouldn't know playing it. I think some yeah. of that's really cool. But at the same time, if I'm getting a, I think Hoag's point is, if I'm getting a lesser overall experience because I don't want to engage on Reddit, that that probably has some fault to it as well. So usually how it works in the... Um... ARG space is once the community solves it and a few people in the game unlock it down the road, they they make it available in the game to everyone who does. And it sounds like that's it. what they're doing here with the they'll, archive, pro they'll right? probably do that, right? Like now you have to just put on a specific loadout and go to a door in the game. But my guess is that down the road, they're probably just going to, you know, unlock it and make it available in a vendor or make it. If you find that door, you get access to it or come up with some alternate way. But you know, for the grand reveal, they wanted to do something a little different. And I think it was uh, largely successful. I will tell you this, regardless of what uh, the poll says, and I suspect the poll will probably be in Hoag's favor just based on uh, who watches season gaming and who, who your audience is, right? It's a little little bit of a, a more seasoned crowd that, that are probably less open to the yeah, sort like of I thing. Like I say, you, your audience. You're literally part of the show, right? <laughs> yeah, I know. I know but, but, but people, I mean, this is this is a seasoned gaming show and it's got Hogue on it. There's a lot of, they're not my they're not my age people, right? They're your age people. Mostly. And I am calling you all old in chat, just FYI. So let's do a likeability. It's fine, it's fine. Some have less experience um, and wisdom. Carry on. What, and uh, the I will say this. In the people who are playing the game and are on 
uh, like in the remnant community they're like loving this like it's it's just been like overwhelmingly positive to the to the reveal of the archon class like they're super stoked about it the community had a whole bunch of fun uh uh um going through and trying to figure out how to get the archon class um and i'm actually writing a story about it today uh that will probably go live uh monday or tuesday um about the uh community that hunted it and who ultimately the person because there's one person who cracked it the person who ultimately cracked it and what the story was like and kind of uh how the community uh, responded to it so I, I i think it's it's going to make for a very cool thing and i and i think it did regardless i think it benefited the remnant community because there was you know a game comes out and there's a little bit of a honeymoon period and then people start to discover some issues with it and they it, you know it goes a little bit down it was just getting to that point they and then the this cute. yeah well no actually it was no people love that that's just you're weird on that one um people but uh i love i love the conviction travis yeah i just i just know <laughs> i, I know that the, the remnant 2 fan board and they loved it <laughs> people people loved that one and i think even even in this sample of the show people liked it except for you so you know um but uh it got to the point where people were just starting to be on the downcline of like okay here's stuff and then as soon as this was discovered it like it everybody was back in love with it again so i think it it probably helped extend well, it the definitely uh, the generates buzz to some degree too yeah like, it generates yeah. buzz and the people who are part of the community really enjoyed it uh myself included so yeah so, well then if that's well, the case i mean is your logic then that i'm not part of the community because i didn't i mean is that I mean, you you have said yourself that you don't want to be a part of the community, so that's why I'd say you're not part of it. So it's not just players of the game. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you can be a player of the game, but if you're not like going online and engaging and giving that feedback loop, you're you're kind of just an isolated player. Right, right. The the yeah. overly online people like the overly overly online aspects of the game. I'm willing to grant you this tautology. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I will I will accept your tautology without the uh, the overly uh overly descriptor seems like it maybe it was maybe it was has an agenda attached to it would be my guess <laughs> all right well super yeah. online people like super online aspects of how culture. about how about just the the people who don't want to be a hermit when they play games and and enjoy the uh multiplayer components strangely that? when i play a single player video game i want to play a single player video game Aren't you it's all not a single player video game it's up. multiplayer it's a multiplayer game <laughs> well i, I almost forgot about this want. topic i almost forgot aren't you <laughs> oh, glad man <laughs> it's a multiplayer game three player uh, you know i have missed this because it has been too many weeks in a row with total agreement on too yeah. many things and that is just no fun for anyone i mean who wants no. to just agree on everything you know so i have so missed it, it, it's 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 one of those things that like when it when it was announced like i was like what in another class i didn't even know there was 10 classes not alone 11 you know because I, <laughs> I i think i found like two other ones but there's like what four at the open Five if you had There's the pre-order. Five if you got a pre-order, and then you can discover With the gunslinger. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The gunslinger you can get, but you have to talk to Mudtooth until he runs out of dialogue. Yeah, I did that. Does he run out of dialogue? He, yeah, he's got like an hour of dialogue, dude. It's so much talking. Well, you have, you have to pro progress. you have to progress past the second world, and then he runs out of dialogue. But yeah, there's one of the uh, NPCs at the after a boss fight too that I was playing in co-op, and my buddy was like, "You need to talk to this guy. Like, if you exhaust his dialogue, he gives you a, an item." Those people um, can talk. And yeah, holy crap. I was sitting there for like 10 minutes just advancing the script constantly. I'm like, good God. Which, man. which world was that, by the way? 
the end of not the end, not the world boss. Uh, Yesha. Yes, okay. one of the bosses in Yesha. Gotcha. Mm. Yeah, and there's an NPC kind of a. I don't want to obviously say anything, but NPC that has to go with the boss. And good lord, man, it was it just went like I swear it was endless. It just kept going and going and going. I'm like, oh I my like the dialogue. I like their little stories. I mean, those two yeah. people no, I think it, like, like the whole game. But Bluetooth <laughs> dialogue is actually interesting in between all the parts where they try to annoy you by making him fall asleep, and then you have to wake him up and yeah. get him to tell you the story again. But yeah, <laughs> the stories are actually interesting. Um, we've got a uh, Don Lionheart chat relating to this debate, by the way. So I'm going to pull this Great. one up first. Yeah, I'm with Hogue. Uh, thank you, Don, for the five dollars. I want to buy my game and play my game. Leave me alone. Sometimes you can <laughs> give or sell me some DLC. Don't hide things like that. Bad design. I'm kind of on his side. Also, y'all are y'all are some myopic fools. Well, That's I mean, just I, I paid for. It. I don't want to have to like, you know. It's ridiculous. I mean, just, just, or, or, Travis, I, I just it don't seems really like people online. What can I tell you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It also seems kind I mean, of pretentious. You'll, you'll win it's a lot of points Nolan with that opinion, but I don't think that's, you know, <laughs> Nolan esque like, is not becoming a thing here, Dan. Yeah, it's, Stop it's it. Very, it's very Nolan esque. <laughs> you know, you, you keep bringing up these artists and stuff like that. It's like, listen, I, you I, know, I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it. I'm the Nolan of games. <laughs> yeah. I get it. Okay. <laughs> oh, I'll, I'll take that. I'll go with that. Terrible. No, it it actually is perfect because he's very talented, which obviously, Mm. but also super pretentious and people don't like him. Super pretentious. So I I think that works. I think I'll take that. But Dan also doesn't think he's a great writer. So I'm not sure you know that. That's fine. fine. I'll take that. I'll take Dan not liking my writing as well. (laughs) No, no, no. Yours, I didn't say yours. Oh, come on now. Yours is more amusing <laughs> than you think my writing is better than Christopher Nolan? I think it's more That's... amusing is what I gave okay. you. I, yeah, I enjoy you yours more much more. Well, oh, yeah. Exactly. I don't even need... Like, if they were to make your... I'm, I mean, I'm more movies, of a, I'm more of a Sorkin if I had to describe my writing style, but I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> Travis is Don's clipping right, that, man. by the way. It's like a destitute yeah. David Mamet. <laughs> we're way out there now. Don, thank you for the super chat. Uh, by the way, a really cool reference uh, super chat that Debbie W over on Hoax Channel gave us, I think referencing the game you were talking about, Travis. Uh, like, yes. Laika? Is that how you say that? Laika. Is, Laika. Laika? Yeah. Is the name of the dog the Russians sent into space in the 60s? They had no way of getting her back to Earth at the time. That's kind of sad. Oh, what great. other gaming now show I'm is going to give you that they, level of context? W. Thanks, yeah. Debbie W, for bumming me out after. Everything. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's actually really not not what happened was cool, but that's really cool context wise. So thank you for that. <laughs> um, and then Chris, uh, it's been a while since we've had one of these, Travis. So I know yeah. you saw this when it oh, came in. I hope you've prepped your story. We have, uh, for audio listeners, we have a Travis uh, emoji story incoming from Chris. Oh, here we go. Hi, Travis. Okay. All right. Um, uh, I'm going to gather that this is a Japanese video game or a Japanese game of some kind. I'm going to say Japanese video game. It involves a mountain and a volcano and dinosaurs, so maybe an extinction event. Some, so, so dinosaurs are roaming the earth. There's a meteor, fire meteor. Then the sun comes out and there's ghosts. Oh, man, this is a very specific video game. Um, <laughs> what game is this? Okay. Japanese video game. Maybe a JRPG involving dinosaurs. dinosaurs. But Exoprimal isn't obvious enough. Is that Exoprimal? What's the dice? Know. Well, then what's I the think ghost? It's just part of the game. It's got a, yeah, I don't know about the ghost part. I, to me... 
I thought this Maybe. was just making the Final Fantasy dinosaurs happy that Final <laughs> Fantasy 14 is coming to Xbox. No. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I don't know. Rick, Rick, Rick in chat said Chrono Chrono Trigger, or uh, I always forget what it's pronounced. Live Alive. Live Alive. Oh, Live Alive. Yeah. Live Alive. Yeah, this is definitely a, a Japanese video game involving dinosaurs. But I, the ghost part confuses me. It kind of. I, I missed, Chris, I missed who actually wrote here. this, says he has no idea, so I don't think it is a specific game. Oh, really? Okay. So, if I, all right, all right. So, I'm I'm reading way too much into it. I guess. Sorry, Chris. Dang it. Um, if you wanted a story, I'll tell you one. Which is, um, a guy goes, a gamer goes to Japan uh, while he's there, and he's climbing a mountain. A volcano erupts, and dinosaurs uh, start emerge from the volcano, and they start roaming Sweet. the earth. Um, yeah. but then another meteor comes and kills them all. So we're all, Fair. we all get along and we're all ghosts together. Good times. Is this transformers? Fair. The age of extinction. <laughs> this is what we'll maybe, maybe, maybe. I don't know. Very Apparently fair. Chris doesn't know what it was. So I, I immediately <laughs> was attaching to like, this is, there's a message here. I'm trying to guess something, but I don't know <laughs> Chris, thank you for the, uh, super chat. All right. I'm glad I remembered the, uh, the ARPG. By the way, our poll is sitting, it's pretty close. 42% yes, 58% no. So, you know, people, some people like it, some people don't. Go figure. All right. <laughs> our main topic today is around Phil Spencer joining uh, Yoshi P and Square Enix president Takashi Kiryu on stage at Final Fantasy Festival, the FFF. Uh, in Vegas uh, this past past couple days. And the big announcement, of course, there, he joined them on stage to announce that Final Fantasy XIV, the long-running MMO uh, that has been on PC and PlayStation exclusively, is coming to Xbox in spring of 2024. This will come uh, launch in spring after a beta test during release 6.5X, which is, uh, I guess, the, the next update coming prior to their expansion, which will come next summer for all platforms called Dawn Trail. So the kind of one, very cool that Final Fantasy XIV is going to get on Xbox, another audience for a big MMO. Great to see that. Uh, the, of course, the thing that's being more focused on that I want to talk to you guys about is around the statement made by Kiryu here, because obviously all of us, I think anyone covering Square Enix and, and Xbox, the gaming industry, you know, Square Enix has been kind of, interesting with the way they've delivered their games to different platforms um and they've obviously had some exclusivity deals uh with nintendo or games they've chosen to only put on the switch for some reason they've had exclusivity deals um in some of the bigger final fantasy games as we all well know with final fantasy 7 remake and 16 on the playstation side and so it's kind of been an outcry from the xbox community for some time now around that and square enix just generally not supporting xbox heavily uh, the comment made by Square President, Square Enix President Kiryu at, on stage was, and I quote, One more thing as CEO of Square Enix, we want to continue to deliver fabulous games to fans across the world. And of course, we want to welcome the Xbox community as well. Starting with today's announcement of Final Fantasy XIV coming in spring of 2024, and whenever possible, we are planning to bring our games to Xbox for players around the world to enjoy. We're really looking forward to working closely with Phil and the Xbox team to make this possible. How so much I money? guess how much money did Phil pay for this deal? 
well, for 14 or for things in the future, I guess is TBD. But that's kind of what I was going to ask you guys on your your just personal thoughts on this. Uh, great to see Final Fantasy 14 come to Xbox. Fantastic. I think that's fan- that's great. Uh, it's one I've always wanted to jump into. I just never have. I've heard very good things about it. Um, but I guess what I want to ask you guys on your thoughts is, is this actually turning a corner for Xbox and Square Enix? Or is this merely kind of lip service and it's going to be a case-by-case show us the money type business deal in the future um you know what what do you think about the statement is there any weight behind it i guess is what i'm really asking can i can i ask a question real quick like did did they not i thought this was announced a long time ago not not that no or was there just rumors maybe then no there were a lot of people clamoring for it right they kept asking yoshi p who's the director of uh, Final Fantasy 14, who helped with 16, of course. They kept asking him, like, can we get this on Xbox? And basically what he said, he said in a... I thought in Phil a, said uh, something about it at some point where he's like, I really want to bring this to there. Maybe maybe that's... Maybe I'm misremembering. Yeah, I think, I think Phil maybe was to. Phil's talked yeah. about how he yeah, likes Final Fantasy 14. Yeah, maybe that's what it is. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, Yoshi P said, I want to say maybe three, four, five, six months ago, so in one of the presentations they did for Final Fantasy 14, he mentioned how basically it comes down to resources and that, you know, they didn't have the resources to be able to, to do the port because they're working on other things. And, you know, that may come in the future. That's all he said. Um, so this, this at least is the first formal announcement that it is coming. They're working on it and building that relationship. I think Final Fantasy 14 is a very specific product from Square Enix that doesn't have a lot of analogs to their other products, right? It's a multiplayer game of the old World of Warcraft variety with a monthly stipend and everything else. So I think there's a lot of reason to bring that over to as many consoles as you can and everywhere that you possibly can that maybe doesn't line up with Final Fantasy 16 or Octopath Traveler 2 or whatever. So I think we'd have to see more before we can say that there's a, a real warming of the relationship. As for money changing hands, I doubt that they had to do much more than maybe ease up a little bit on their squeeze right yeah you just take your percentage down a little bit and square enix i think at least has been exhibiting as far as we can tell from the outside a little bit of squeamishness with working with microsoft as a brand after it just didn't work out with their final fantasy 13 project on microsoft and with some of the stuff that they brought to game pass like they just weren't happy with the numbers it didn't look like right, right. so i think you'll see a kind of if you want to imagine this metaphorically testing of the waters right like like just dipping your toe in going down the the zero entry side of the hotel pool very slowly and then maybe you wind up in the deep end with microsoft but maybe you don't maybe you don't like that how that feels and i would suspect that it'll be very slow after final fantasy 14 i think even final fantasy 14 is pretty slow right they announced it now and it's coming next summer like that's a spring. weird that's a weird length of time yeah spring spring 2024 for xbox the expansion is coming in summer which will come to all platforms yeah Yeah. and i like final fantasy 14 and i think it's good thing for more players to get a chance to play it and if you're looking forward to it on xbox i'm totally in favor of that but i wouldn't start signing my reservations for final fantasy 16 or anything else coming over to the xbox platform until you start seeing some real movement there do you think that um and this is for everyone too the, the way i was thinking about this right square has this new ceo relatively new CEO. He, he seems to be on the younger side. And obviously, as you we've talked at length on this show, right, about the future of where gaming is uh, going in terms of global market, uh, accessibility from different devices, that type of thing. 
Do you think as a new CEO, he's coming in and, and making any sort of uh, test wave of saying, okay, you know, here's, here's what we've done in the past, but with the future looking global, obviously Microsoft is on the verge of uh, closing on Activision Blizzard and, you know, has a lot of money and weight to throw around and a big focus on kind of global gaming. Do you think he's kind of examining this and saying, oh, we, we need to get past these old adages around working with Microsoft and Xbox and just move forward? I mean, I think anytime you switch CEOs in a company like Square Enix, there is an implied mandate that you want to go a different direction. Sure. Right. So, I mean, I think just reading the tea leaves, you've got a new CEO that says, okay, we should be open to doing things that we wouldn't be open to doing before. But that doesn't mean that the, the cultural strength of a company like Square Enix is going to stick with it, right? A CEO right now has a chance to go and try new things, and they'll have to start seeing the return on that before they really dive in with both feet, I would say. And I, I think the audience is going to determine that largely, right? How many people are going to play Final Fantasy XIV? It's not a new game. Right. I know there's a new expansion coming out next year, but the people that really wanted to play Final Fantasy 14, where they're really holding out for it on Xbox, you've kind of got this Nintendo Switch problem. Right. When you bring a Call of Duty that's six years old over to Nintendo Switch and nobody plays it. Is that proving that nobody's interested on Nintendo Switch or is that saying, hey, your project when you bring over something that's six years old is maybe not that great of an indicator either way. So you've got Square Enix, which sure. is already a mercurial company that makes, let's call them interesting choices that is going to get data <laughs> points that I just don't know that if I'm an Xbox fan, I think it's going to be what drives Square to bring over everything over to Xbox. So I recommend caution, but I always recommend caution with Square Enix because they're like one of the hardest companies to predict, maybe outside of Nintendo as to what they're going to yep. do next. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's very fair, Hogue. And uh, by the way, uh, Rick just said, and I'm, I'm not looking this up, but Rick said in our chat on the Season Gaming said, he said, FYI, Dan was right. I looked it up. Phil announced this for Xbox One in 2019. It just never came to fruition. I swear. I kind of remember that. I, I don't just, remember I, that. I remember the issue was cross-play. Like, they remember this was, like, years ago. Like, Sony didn't want to do cross-play with Xbox. And they were like, well, if we have to choose one of the consoles, it's going to be Sony because they have a way bigger audience. And that was it. Yeah. Well, Microsoft, yeah. cash rich as they are, can't pay for an exclusive on their end. Right, nope. you can't you can't kill the Sony market for a company like Square Enix. Yeah, they actually but, talked about this at the um, FTC uh, uh, preliminary injunction, uh, which was that Sony has the ability to pay companies to not put it on Xbox because Xbox's share of the market is small enough to where it's not that hard to pay to just for all the potential Xbox players, but to do the reverse for Xbox to pay somebody to not put it on PlayStation is basically unheard of because they would have to pay, you it's know, 80% 80, 80 of what that money, of what that game would make uh, across the platform uh, console releases for that to make economic sense. So, um, you know, being being the market leader has its advantages very clearly. Why not, why not just bring it over and put it on Game Pass? And I mean, it's, it's, it's a paid game, right? It's like 20 bucks, 30 bucks or something it's, like I that. I think it's a wow. subscription game. And it's and a subscription, right? Well, well I, mean, that's, that's, yeah. I mean, that's that's. I, I've always thought Game Pass was the, is the perfect like live service vehicle, and as you, you just you get it in there, you people get into it, they start paying for the subscriptions, they start paying for all the it, you know it is importantly. Uh, Final Fantasy fourteen doesn't really consider itself a live service. It is a very traditional MMO, and actually one that 
kind of explicitly runs out of content and then Yoshi P tells everybody to F off and not play the game for a while. And then when he comes out with content, then people play it again. So uh, I think the model that they've chosen, which by the way, I think is a very smart model. Not everything needs to be live service. And uh, you can be a fan of something without thinking it should take over every uh, aspect of the industry. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I think uh, that wouldn't probably make economic sense for them uh, because it has its own subscription service, you're going to have to pay a subscription on top of a subscription, uh, which doesn't really make sense. And it's also not the biggest barrier of entry for getting into Final Fantasy 14. The biggest barrier of entry is the monthly subscription cost. Sure. So right now, I'd say the biggest barrier for me is having to play through a Realm Reborn again. Yeah. Can't uh, it again. For for those who don't know, uh, Final Fantasy 14 has about. 80 hours of content that you have to play through in order to get to the current content and much of it is not good like aggressively not good boring it's one it's one it's one of those games where people will be like dude once you get past the first hundred hours it's so (laughs) bro come on man like i can't get on board with that but that said i have played a a good deal of final fantasy 14 and i might hop back in and try it on xbox i don't really know I, i i i this is the sort of game i would play on pc but um yeah, I, I mean, it's good that Xbox is in on the conversation. I have my doubts that the Square Enix relationship is going to go uh, Microsoft's way. Microsoft's audience doesn't seem to really fit the mold of the type of games that Square makes. It fits very much uh, better with PlayStation, which is why I think that they've gravitated toward them, in addition to the fact that uh, they're just the market leader. Um, so I'm glad that Phil is continuing to try. He has really, really badly wanted to get into the Japanese market for many, many years, and it's never worked out for him because they're just not that into you. Um, there's some, uh, you know, there, there's a lot of legacy with Nintendo and PlayStation in Japan. Uh, there's also some nationalism that's going on with their decision to not like Xbox. Um, and it just doesn't, it's not a product that really speaks to that market. So, do, do you guys think that it would be, it, it's, when, when I see like these games, like Final Fantasy 16, that are exclusive to the PlayStation, why why you think it's because Sony comes out and pays them a you know a bunch of money for yeah. that ex- exclusivity, or do you also that, do you think I there's mean, any part of it that is well we don't want to develop for a whole nother console with, well, the, with but like you just described, Travis, with maybe an audience that maybe won't be as into it. It's as the audience it that's the factor here, right? Because it's just okay. math. So, so Square looks at their math and says, how many are we likely to sell on Xbox? Mm-hmm. And their models are years old now because they've had such an estranged relationship with Microsoft. But they say, well, we're not going to sell a lot. And then Sony says, well, we could pay for those people. That's not a big number. And Sony pays for that number, right? But it's the same reason it doesn't work in reverse. Because if Phil goes and says, Square, what will it cost to keep you off of Sony? They say, well, you know, a lot. We're going to make a lot of money from selling to Sony. We're not going to make a lot of money selling to Microsoft. So one of the things they're going to test is as Travis said so eloquently, how into them us are they? And I, I do worry that the Xbox audience has not traditionally backed up even on Game Pass where there's like no additional cost to experiencing some of these really great JRPGs and other Japanese oriented games that you're gonna get these, you know, half star, one star reviews. It says not enough shooting or whatever yep. on the Xbox. And there's I a lot of Ainses on Game Pass. 
<laughs> well, I mean, there's there's a lot of people everywhere that don't like things, but Game Pass. Right, I'm right. Just hey, here, I'm just sitting here enjoying my time. I'm not even doing you. anything. I text you, uh, but no, but that, that's right, right? Like Ames, you wouldn't click on a JRPG with a strange name on Game Pass. You're that's just not your thing. You you don't like those types of games. You've said that on the nowadays. Show no, no, no. I think that's probably fair. I joke about it a lot, but yeah, nowadays, no, I don't dig them as much. But I I don't think. I, I don't think using me as the example here is, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> prominent <laughs> across very, all of yeah. Xbox's audience. But I, but I, I do but I do believe that the point you're making. Like you. Yeah, I do think um, I do think there is a point there that uh, cannot be uh, kind of officially quantified. Right. But I believe it exists. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, so that that's my uh, trepidation here. And, and for Dan, to answer your question, <laughs> to, to answer your question, we know that that's what PlayStation does, because that's one of the things that came out in the hearing is that Sony had to put out all of their a lot of their business plan because they got themselves involved in a case they totally could have avoided getting themselves involved in. And uh, it revealed to Microsoft exactly how their business model works. And one of the things uh, Phil Spencer said when he was on the stand was, uh, oh, so. Uh, you know, I, I can't remember the phrase of, of the person that asked him the question, but I, I believe it was the opposite counsel asked him a question like, so, you know, this game didn't come to your Xbox or whatever. And he said, well, I would say PlayStation paid for it to not come to Xbox or, or so it was uh, so they paid for exclusivity. And he said, no, they paid for it to not come on Xbox because exclusivity wasn't what they were concerned about. It was that they didn't want it to go on their chief competitors platform. And it was cheap enough for them to make that move because Xbox's market share is so small with that type of game. Then it was okay. Final Fantasy 16 was the one in, in question. Right. And that's the same. I mean, yes, that's how Phil framed it. And it, it's the same kind of notion, right? When you talk about exclusivity, you're talking about it being exclusive to your console, not necessarily for it to be great for you, but to keep it off of other consoles. And yeah. so Phil a little bitterly responded that way in court, but it's really a matter of what, what your audience does. And Phil's got the audience he's got. And so he convinced Square to go along with this on Final Fantasy fourteen because there's very limited downside for them. It's a paid product on a continuing subscription basis. But I wouldn't get excited until you see whatever the equivalent of Final Fantasy sixteen is willing to make the jump. And I'm not yeah. sure that'll come ever. Agreed. I don't Agreed. think it will. Yeah, I'm. I'm Agreed. still. I'm not. I'm pretty worried about this not going again. Not because they've tried before. Let's keep in mind, like this again, not going in Xbox's direction because it's great that they're talking, and I love that Phil is so passionate about this. But it's just one of those things where he's up against a lot in this market, and I. I don't think he has the audience that's going to back him up and his passion. I will. I mean, I'll. I'll buy all these games that they're going <clears> to Xbox. I'm sure, but but it's. Uh, I'm definitely not in the majority of Xbox players. Xbox has a very, very North America slanted audience, which typically are less into that type of game. So. Well, it's cultivated. I mean, like it's all a kind of self-fulfilling prophecy, right? Those years of Halo, Gears, and Forza built an audience that primarily is interested in playing Halo, Gears, and Forza. That's how it yep. happened. It's the chicken or the egg. They kind of need to have those games on the platform more reliably before they can even get into that market. And that means that for a year, at least for years those games are probably not going to perform super well until people are certain that they're always going to be there and just you know if you're into yeah. japanese games why would you be an xbox main it just doesn't make any sense you have all the risk without any of the without any special benefits to not being on the playstation console yeah or the switch uh the switch, yeah too. i mean i think square has done a good job of supporting especially the, the switch with their 
like 2D focused games, right? They're your triangle strategies, your Octopath Travelers. They're all yeah. on the Switch at the same time. Uh, <clears throat> and they never made much sense to not come onto the Xbox, except that they didn't think it was worth their time or money. So I think the worry that I would have, as I've articulated here, as Travis has said, is that we don't know what Square Enix's institutional thought process is. And I expect that they're, the numbers they get back early on are not going to be terribly exciting. So if you get a press release in Q3 next year that says, oh, we'd really hoped for a lot from our Final Fantasy XIV Xbox partnership, but it just didn't turn out the way we wanted. And so we're going to continue focusing on our core business lines or something like that. That's when you know that it's just not going the direction that maybe Phil Spencer would have it go because ultimately it's where the dollars live. Yeah. By the way, Elu points out, Travis, that your actual statement was there's a lot of Ainses on Game Pass, and he said that's a, the weirdest dig ever. But, you know, <laughs> so yeah, I think it, that, uh, you know, I mean, Game Pass has been successful. Subscribers are going up. So, you know, yep. there's All a right. lot of there's a lot of Ainses, and that's not a bad thing. It's just like yeah. North no, American. I mean, they're subscribing because there's a lot of Ains on Game Pass. You know, well, Game Pass is weird, right? Like we've I think we've talked about it a little bit, but like Game Pass is weird because it is <laughs> zero additional cost. You do get a bunch of really mean reviews through the xbox system of games yep. that are quote unquote free that just don't line up with what somebody wants right so you do have what i will colloquially refer to as the call of duty players roll into chained echoes and be like what the heck is this cartoon nonsense and why are we yeah. turn-based fighting and it's like well there's there's also you clicked on I, it sir i can <laughs> also say this as somebody who writes for some games that appear in game pass in fact i'm reviewing one right now the the texas chainsaw massacre game is a game pass game um, there are people who come in and write those reviews because the game is on Game Pass without yep. having played it because they hate Xbox and they hate Game Pass and they just want to shit on the game. And so you also get some of that. You you might get review bombed by people who hate Xbox and just don't want Game Pass to succeed. Uh, and I, short, I, folks. Come on. Now. I know. For real, dude. I'm like, <laughs> how do you have so much hate in your heart and so little, so much time? as well to, to just like make that your thing. But I know it happens because I see it, dude. Like if I, if I post anything, sometimes it won't even be a game pass game. It'll just be some game that's bad. And the top comment for like 15 comments long will be, this looks like a game pass game or this, <laughs> the, you know, get, coming to game pass in 2024. Like when I gave like a two out of 10 this year, right? Like those are the comments that we get. Like people just are really, really angry at game pass existing for whatever reason. Wow. Which is There's really strange because, it's I mean, it's literally measurable, the, the quality of the games. Like, if you're talking about review scores specifically, it's measurable, it, the games. And, it's and also consumer-friendly. It's like them, you know. Yeah, I mean, like, there's nothing to be like, about. You know, it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's like people being mad about, you know, Netflix existing. And it's like, all right. Well, I was just going to say, it's like, I subscribe yeah. to Disney and I bomb review bomb everything Netflix puts out. Yeah. Like, and they're just like, <laughs> Blockbuster still's got the quality, though. They still got the quality. You'll never understand. It's just like, what? Come on, man. Just, who are you? fighting like this, this is what you've chosen to do with your life <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh man good times well um i guess we'll segue over to uh playstation on that note uh which is they announced this week uh jim ryan made a statement on the uh official uh, sony blog that uh playstation 5 had surpassed 40 million units sold through 
which obviously hugely impressive. You know, PS5 has been crushing it. Um, if you go back and look at the data, which I did this morning, it's it was faster than the PS4 for some time and it's kind of dipped very slightly, but it's pretty much neck and neck with the PS4. And they actually, based on the projections, expect it to outpace the PS4 uh, kind of in the arc, if you will, beginning later this year, winter of this year. Which, if you think of the fact that we had supply chain shortages for quite a while, right, and lived through a pandemic, is incredibly impressive. Um, so uh, PlayStation has very clearly kind of carried that momentum from the PlayStation 4 generation that they were so successful with into the PS5 era. Uh, no matter what has gone on, seemingly, in, in our community that we've talked about, whether it's Jim Ryan's bizarre comments at times, the stuff with Activision Blizzard, and... Jim Ryan, I would say his general unlikableness, uh, <laughs> uh, it doesn't seem to negatively affect uh, the global market for PlayStation 5 as we speak. I guess the question I wanted to ask you guys is more of just a broader thought topic or conversation point is we've talked a lot here about their strategy for the future and how much they're investing into live service. Um, and we talked a couple weeks ago around how um, Sony as a company is investing more into PlayStation as a brand and as a you know game development than some of their other things that they invest more previously uh from a company perspective so do you think that there is a significant risk to the success of playstation by investing a large chunk of their um revenue back into live service development and uh why if you do nah <laughs> That's my answer. They'll be done. fine. Look, 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 all right. So here's why. Here's why. PlayStation has utter market dominance. I don't think they're in any danger of losing it. I don't think that though they are investing in live service, I don't think that that's necessarily competing with their investments in large, big budget single player games that will continue to be successful. There's also a huge amount of the market that just want single player games, want nothing to do with multiplayer. Some of them are on the panel. And uh, the, I think that those <laughs> will continue to, I think that those will continue to be extremely profitable and successful for PlayStation. What they're trying to do is expand uh, okay. their success and I think that they may or may not be successful at that and regardless of whether they succeed or fail they will continue to uh, be the the dominant uh, player in the space for the foreseeable future that's that's what what I'm kind of guessing on this so I, I don't I, I don't think it's a I think it is a gamble but I don't think it's a particularly uh, risk uh, risky gamble I, I think they're I think they'll be fine so my yeah, hope continues to be sure. that we get more novelty out of them that live service chasing gets more different types of games. You know, I'm watching the the Peacock show Twisted Metal and remembering some of the glory days of PlayStation when they would try weird things. Oh, we're going to talk about it. Okay, we'll Are get we? to Twisted Metal. <laughs> we'll get to Twisted Metal. I will say I like it better than Halo, so we'll go from there. <laughs> I mean, that is anything, such man. a low bar to clear. <laughs> 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 that, that tells me nothing. It could be Citizen <laughs> Kane, or it could be like, you know a two out I'm of ten. I'm actually enjoying no it idea. more than Last of Us, but we can talk about that too. Oh, that's, that's more spicy. That's more spicy. So spicy. Like God um, damn. Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll, we'll get there, but we'll get I there. miss when you know it was Twisted Metal and colony wars and all these things and yes i'm an old man shouting at a cloud and whatnot but they're so invested in third person open world action adventures that i gotta believe that not every live service project they're doing is some variant on that theme so if they got new yeah. stuff to try including heck i don't know twist metal 
as a live service game. That would be cool. It would be so good. It would be it's such a good yeah. Don't get me started. I've ranted about wanting a twisted metal kind of live service battle royale style game for a long Dude, time now. I don't Rocket know how League we don't exists, have it. And you yeah. are the best. Yeah, it just it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Do it. Do it. Yeah. So I mean oh. I I've missed that. I've missed that vibrancy. And so I, I don't think that it's a bad thing if you're a gamer watching this money go in that they're putting it into a different into a different bucket. Is that a risk? It's a risk insofar as it's not triple the budget for God of War 4 or whatever. But I really don't think that was going to make the difference between whether or not the products coming out of the Sony PlayStation first party were good or not. So I don't view it as a problem from the gamer side of things. If you're an investor in Sony, maybe you got a little bit more to worry about. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny you say that, actually, because James Pingle, shout out James, um, who is a regular listener of ours. He's usually not here with us live, but he comments a lot on the YouTube video. And he left a long comment as being a Sony investor. And he had concerns around it in the sense of from a company perspective, their investment almost not wholeheartedly, but a significant majority percentage of their investment going towards PlayStation as a brand had him concerned. So he just put some thoughts out about that. It was a pretty insightful comment. My my, uh guesses that most investors are super stoked about the investment in live service because they're seeing the numbers coming out of the live service space in terms of profit and continued. <laughs> yeah. And I'm, yeah. I'm guessing that they're like, Oh yeah, let's Sony wants to get in on that. Well, easier, said, remember, easier said than done as we've I know, noted. I, I know. Yeah. yeah but they, they got know. all that juice when they went into mobile and then lost it when they left, but investors Fair. chase like companies chase. Yeah. So yeah, very we'll true. Gross. some very people true. made some well, money during that though. I have no doubt. How much, how much of the, you know, I mean, yeah, from a first party perspective for me, I'm just, you know, it doesn't really, you know, toot my horn, but you know, it, it you know, you've got NBA 2K, you've got, Madden, you've, <laughs> you've got FIFA. Didn't Call like that. I mean, you've, you've got all these other, you know, third party IPs that are, bringing in all kinds of money live service you know i mean it's could do they supplement that you know what they're doing with live service with that cash flow i don't know like all the breakdown the specifics of what they're bringing in crap like, ton like, of money into live service yeah, you know, billions. It's, all, it's the only data point you need really I yeah. Mean, yeah i mean I, I just don't you know when i when i think about it I mean, we, we again we say this all the time but we always represent a very small portion of the actual gaming community and and the stuff that we talk about is very you know, it's a very specific, you know, section or subsection of this community. And I think most people are just like, yeah, I, I play two games. I play COD and Madden or FIFA and 2K, you know, and that's it. And they spend hundreds, if not thousands of dollars, a lot of these people on whatever it is that they buy through these games. So, you know, I mean, I don't know how much, you know, what the percentages are and all that other stuff, but I think people mm-hmm. just... I don't know why it just seems like PlayStation seems to be that like, you know, it's almost like Nintendo used to be where like the old people would be like, Hey, nice Nintendo. And it's actually like a PlayStation two, you know, it, it just becomes <laughs> that it's synonymous with, with, with like, Hey, you got a PlayStation. Actually it's an Xbox. Oh yeah. Same thing. You know, you know, most people, <laughs> they have no idea, you know, and that, I think that's kind of, you know, <laughs> Oh man. I, you know I, what I keep uh, speaking of speak, did you see a comment in the I, I i just saw yeah i just saw wait wait this trailer. this comment we're gonna leave on for the rest of the I, I, uh the rest of the show 
Mike, is that where Dan watching. lost his wind? Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mike, Mike, you literally stopped Dan in his tracks and yeah. made him forget what he was talking yeah. about. I mean, it's... <laughs> I appreciate you. I, we, we love you having you here in the chat. And um... wow, that was really. I'm, that's all I'm going to say because he's I'm a surprised. pro. He's a pro. <laughs> Yeah, that, yeah, he is a pro. I uh, I'm way meaner to a commenter, so I'm just oh. like, I don't need you. I don't care. Wow. I don't make money off of this. You, you go watch it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, anyway. Uh, no, yeah. I mean, I, I I agree with Dan that a lot of a lot of the PlayStation brand power gives them a certain amount of buffer from what we would consider the normal risks of the market, and I think that the fact that they're investing in the market is good for gamers. You want them to still have their desire to invest money and microsoft putting all their money in i think helps to drive all of this are all those products going to be things that i want to play coming out of the live service spend almost certainly not but my Same. hope is that those projects are varied enough that one of those is yep that's the one that hogue is going to want to play and we'll see we'll see but i i know for a fact that i don't just want to play god of war and ghost of tsushima and all of those variations until I die, right? I don't want the PlayStation 18 to just be giving me those games. So if they want to try some new stuff, I'm all for it. Does that mean I'm going to jump into Marathon and it's arg Reddit wiki thing? No. <laughs> but uh, no, I think that. That, but I think that's the case, right? The audiences are vast, too. They need to be able to support things across. It's kind of what Travis was referring to with Game Pass, right? Like, yeah, you're going to have a lot of uh, people like me who are playing Halo Infinite every week, but there are people who are clicking on Chain Decos. Um, you need to have that breadth. I think having a breadth on all platforms with different types of games is important. So I'm with you that I'm, I'm looking forward to their experimentations and seeing what they come up with. I think the biggest thing I hope is for originality. I don't want to yeah. see a PlayStation Call of Duty. I don't want to yeah, see a place. If they pop Fortnite. out like a, ba a battle royale or a hero shooter as like yeah, Overwatch. Video, like, you know, please gonna, do something like, unique. Like, bro, this is not what yeah. the doctor ordered. No, for sure, for sure. Okay, a um, couple of uh, big games coming. I want to talk about only because we got like extended gameplay previews this week for them, which is uh, Armored Core Six and uh, Lords of the Fallen. Now, Lords of the Fallen doesn't come out till October. But uh, we got an 18-minute gameplay preview, which I only saw the trailer of. I didn't watch the whole thing because I am completely sold on this game, so I've gone dark on it at this point in time. And then Armored Core 6, we saw uh, a narrated gameplay preview, and that comes out in just three weeks or three and a half weeks, which is kind of amazing to think. But um, either of these games, I mean, these are two of my most anticipated games for the rest of the year. Um, but either of these two games interest you guys, and to what level, what do you think of these gameplay previews? Hit me. I'll probably be getting Armored Core, but it's never been my favorite series. Okay. Wait, did no. you watch the preview from this week? I did. I mean, it was on the discourse, basically, throughout my timeline. So, yes, I did see I did see some of the preview footage of the game. I mean, it looks, it looks fine. I think From has obviously increased its popularity since the last time they made an Armored Core, but it looks like it's going to stick with the Armored Core ethos, and it's just not my favorite game. I think Travis is giving us the Sorry, I was, I was typing in a response, so I was on yeah. mute. Go ahead, Travis. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm excited about both of these games. And I <laughs> yeah. I 
think everybody so should I think everybody should keep it tuned to IGN. We have a whole month long of coverage of uh, over at IGN first uh, that starts tomorrow for a game that we haven't announced yet. Who knows what game it'll be? It definitely doesn't have anything to do with the with this conversation. It could be any game, but it's I'm like excited for both of these games. Something yeah. like that. Yeah, it's got an acronym. I'm excited, um, for, I'm excited for said game and um, it's month long of coverage. No, I, I enjoyed both of these previews from uh, my coworker Mitch, who did both of these games, I believe, uh, the previews for him. I'm, I'm nice. guessing. Um, and uh, I can't say anything. It, it yeah, is. I'm fine. excited for these games. I'm excited right. for them, and I've, I've seen I've seen some of it. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm kind of like Hogue. I'm I'm excited for Armor Core. I really don't know what the hell that one is. The other one is. Um, so Lords of the it's Fallen. a Souls game. Don't worry about it. Perfect. All right. Yeah, I mean, I didn't um, like Lords One that much. My recollection is that it was fine. But it, it's, it's it's completely. It's pretty, it's pretty, yeah, Lords different. One is pretty bad, but uh, I think Lords Two is. This uh, is a this is a different team. They've put like six years of dev into this, a much bigger budget. It's completely different. Also, yeah. that team, I believe, they worked on um, the Surge afterward, right? That was their. Oh. Yeah, I don't. I don't not. remember. I don't. And remember. I, I th and I think they their learnings from the surge and the surge two are. I mean, those games are. I think great. I, I, I really surge Lord, great game. Lords of the Fallen two is made by the surge people. I, think I like that, the surge. I think that it's not they Lords went, of the Fallen two. I, I, I think they went uh, Lords of the Fallen, and then they pivoted and did the surge, and then the surge two, and I think now they're circling back around. That's my understanding. It's, I'm, I might it's have the CI games. Thing. I'll look it up real quick, but yeah, please do. I don't want to be wrong here, but I'm I I kind of remember that in my brain being a thing, so uh, I think that's right. Yeah, but they but whatever. The team clearly got better at um at uh, Souls like games. I like mistakes, the surge, so. but I would also surge kind of characterize it as fine. Somebody's telling yeah. me surge people are working on a different games. So yeah, I guess it is a different team now, but. Hmm. Yeah, the new lords. Okay, the new lords of the fallen. I have to look it up, but it's it's got an interesting but, but, history, basically. But am I it's, but yeah. am I right that the old lords of the fallen was the surge team? Am I, is that correct? Because you said it's a different team now that's working. Oh, on the twenty fourteen lords of the fallen. Yeah, yeah. By the way, that's how long ago that was. Nine years. I know, dude. Um, that was an Xbox One, I think, and PS four, like close to twenty fourteen. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Someone else can look it up because I'm going to delay the show trying to type while I'm doing this here. Deck yeah, 13 I'll, I'll Interactive is who did the surge. It was and they're making Atlas Fallen so successor to Lords of the Fallen. Mm. Yes, they did do they did Lords of the Fallen and then they did Surge, but that is yeah. not the team. That's not yeah, the team it's developing different team. Different this new Lords of the Deck 13, yeah. not to be confused with Hangar 13. We need some Correct. more numbers, people. Correct. Uh, what about Star Wars 1313? <laughs> <laughs> don't don't bring that up. Um, yeah. So, you... my, yeah. Oh, go ahead. But I was just going to say, I like that team got a lot better at it. So I would say that the legacy of Lords of the Fallen, at least, is that it spawned a team that eventually got really good at making games. And I think the fact that this is a separate team working on it, um, you know, it's got to be what same publisher, same circles. I, I'm sure that there's some commonalities there but i i think lords of the fallen is gonna be a great game the, yeah the, I, I know that because i did a preview on this but it was a little bit ago now but i know that they did they basically gave them the team developing the new one basically gave them budget and time just to continue working on this they've been working on this for a long time but when you start to mm -hmm. look at the gameplay previews you start to look at the trailers i mean you're it's showing at least so far obviously tbd on how the game plays and feels and is designed but uh it looks 
very, very impressive. I am hugely hyped for it. Uh, sadly, it comes out like three days apart from Forza. So that's going to be interesting for me personally. But, you know, that's just the story of this fall anyway. There's and you said October, games. right? I mean, like the uh, one October problem. October 13th, I believe. One problem that a lot of these kind of mid-range games have is it's like, okay, I am already just completely behind on playing the things I want to play. And I'm playing a game in Remnant, for instance, that I like, but has yep. put enough of a roadblock in my way that I'm, I'm just like, let's move over to back to the stuff that I like. And we've got Baldur's Gate. We've got yep. Starfield. And then yep. in October, we've got Alan Wake. We've got Spider-Man. Spider-Man. We've got yeah. all sorts of stuff that it's like, I don't really have enough time or resources to go to that next level of game down. Yeah, and I, and I think that's probably fair, Hogue. And I, I think I think it would probably be fair to say, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, but it's not really aimed at you for that reason, right? I yeah, think the people fine. that are the people like me, maybe Travis and, and others who really dig the souls games, who really dug Elden ring and any, anything in that kind of vein are looking at this as the next game like that. And so because those games tend to offer something unique, I would say in terms of the feel and how they play, it's like we make time for it. Even when there's other releases, that's, are there too many souls likes? Yes. Souls is very clearly inspired an awful lot of games. In fact, there was an uh, there was an award. It was named hilariously. I don't know if you guys saw this. This was a little while ago now, but some British publication gave a an award titled like the greatest game of eternity all time, or it was like you know some ridiculous name that sounded made up, but it was an award, and they awarded it to Dark Souls one. Because what they said is it has changed the industry and inspired so many different games to come from it now that it has changed the course for a lot of uh, game development. So that was uh, their well, your, 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 your honor, your honor, Demon Souls. Yeah, please. Would you uh, answer the question? Why yeah, would you Dark, Dark Souls instead of Demon Souls. Dark Souls, I think. That. Demon Souls was not. Yeah, I. I it well, it, it and is keep, not. The progenitor of the Souls-like genre, the because they they didn't they didn't add so much and didn't get so much right with that game that I think what it was wasn't until Dark Dark Souls was the breakthrough game for a lot of people. Yeah, so. I think what Hogue's asking is, aren't the the keep me honest here, Hogue, but the tenets of Souls experience were created with Demon Souls, not necessarily Dark Souls. But what I would say to Travis's point is. One of the key things about right. Dark Souls that it did over Demon Souls is Dark Souls has an interconnected world, right? Which Demon Souls does not. And that's a key feature of kind of those games. Um, and it just, Dark Souls had that kind of a cultural breakthrough that Demon Souls never did. Yeah. I, I mean, I was a big Demon Souls fan, but it's sort of like being a fan of Borderlands 1, which was another one I was a fan of, which is you're playing Great it game. and you're like, I like the idea, but, you know. I get why this isn't going to be the big thing. And then when Borderlands 2 came out, you're like, oh, damn. When when Dark Souls came out, it was like, all right. So now they figured out the kinks. And now this is like a proper, you know, execution of the, those ideas. And so I think that's why it gets attributed a lot of the, the praise yeah. and credit. I think I think it's deserving, too. It, that game is phenomenal. Well, and, and if they're lucky, and who knows, again, the quality of this game, who knows? It could look fantastic and play like crap. We don't really know. But uh, I think since last year with Elden Ring being the kind of cultural phenomenon that we saw in sales that it's what? Will you answer the question? I didn't hear you ask the question. I'm sorry. Are there too many souls likes? Too many? You'll never hear me say there's too many. But I do think it is. I think that too many games 
try to implement souls like mechanics that don't necessarily oh. need to. Oh. Okay, uh, Dan, that's a little little on the fence there. I'll take your no, but that's not it. a little on the fence. Dan, too many souls likes? Yeah, I think one is too many. So, yeah, <laughs> right. I'm good. Hogue, on his yes. opinion as usual, Hogue, too many. Yes. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna be on Hogue's team here. Uh, I I think there are too many. I I and I. This is somebody who loves them, but like, I feel like I've reviewed. I mean, we've got lives. Liza P also coming out. That's a souls like, right? September. Yep. Yeah, we got. It's just like there's a well, lot. Well, and that, and that's before getting to all the indie games that tons of indie games are Souls like. I'm reviewing one right now. I mean, Blasphemous is uh, it's a Metroidvania, or but it's also kind of a Souls like. It does a lot of the Souls like stuff. So, um, yeah, it's weird. Mm. Yeah. It's too many. It's inspired a lot of games, whether you like it or not. It's just it has. Um, so I don't know. I I think the biggest thing is not a lot of them do it what I would call well, right. <laughs> And if you're if you're gonna if you're gonna take those design tenets from Souls, you need to try and implement the game around that, not try to plug them into your game that wasn't designed to be a Souls game. I like that Googleman asked, "How many are there in the comments?" <laughs> Dude, uh, no, it is incalculable. I, do, I mean, you <laughs> ask that GDP. I, I have no idea what how many there are. There's a lot. There's hundreds at least. <laughs> yeah. Chat GPT is gonna get confused because of how many game reviews reference Souls. That's probably true. That's probably well, ChatGDP is going to get confused if you ask it a simple math problem. So I <laughs> I don't know if there's any way around that. Yeah. Um, on that note, uh, not Souls like, but you did mention Baldur's Gate coming, and that comes in just as we're recording here. What four days? If yeah, you're as, uh, as a Steam? service announcement, you will get all the deluxe stuff if you pre-order the game before it releases on August third. So Larian said that a month ago. They re-upped it again this last week. So if you are interested in playing that game on the PC, you do get more bennies from buying it today and for the next day or two than you do if you buy it in four days. Anybody yeah. know the embargo on reviews? I don't think so they I, copy out. I heard that uh, from a PR rep a couple days ago that codes were coming in ultra late. And that some codes would not get sent out until tonight, Sunday night. Ooh, well, for so a game I, that's going to be like <laughs> massive. So our so. our reviewer has had it for a while, so I assume sure. she's probably already got the review out, or or it must be in drafts. Reviews, like, reviews, reviews are not out. I don't know what the embargo is now. No, I'm, I'm sorry. I mean, I meant like, yeah, not not publicly, out, but I'm assuming that like she's done with the review would be my guess. At this point, oh right? yeah, they, I think they, uh, they, they've I mean, got to be coming out soon, like ready to post or the embargo's probably. Out, I would I would say probably Wednesday would be my guess, right? Day before release on in this case, um, but we'll see. Yeah, I yeah, mean, I, 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 I'd like to agree with Shush, who says Chat GDP is useless because it doesn't even know who Travis is. It doesn't. You ask it who it who I am, it will not. It does not. <laughs> probably identify. gives you a more important Travis to be fun, fair. Fun fact though, Amazon's Alexa does know who I am, which is super weird. You can ask it who's Travis Northup, and it'll be like he's a writer at IGN. I, first time I saw that, I was like, "Whoa, that's weird." <laughs> he reviews all of the worst games released yeah. over at IGN. It doesn't, it doesn't say anything about me. It just goes, "He's a reviewer for IGN. He lives in San Francisco. That's it." That's all I'll tell you. If you have any complaints about a video game he reviewed, send them to his DM. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and ask him why the game is broken. Apparently, that's something that people will do. Oh boy, what but, a week! But um, 
Yeah, to, to Hoag's point, uh, as you're listening to this, if you're not with us in the chat live, and by the way, we've been over 300 people live for a while, so thank you all for hanging out with us. Um, uh, but, 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 yeah, you've got a couple days as you're listening to this. Bye, Dan. To pre-order um, before you get the deluxe edition. Dan is I love that you, that happens every week. He just dips. We, we have been doing this show yeah. for like five years. Right. Do you guys want to bet how, what, what his excuse is? My excuse is I hit the wrong button. What do you think? Let's take bets right now. Isn't He's that, not that's watching. That's what he always says. I think I'm yeah. going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to add a, a wrinkle to it. I, I closed the tab. Okay. Close the tab. That's more specific. Hogue. I'm going to go with you, Travis. He hit the wrong button. He hit the wrong button. Okay. Well, okay. All so right. now, but now it's been so long that I'm thinking maybe it was like a power outage or something. Cause it no, could be. it's literally bright and sunny with not a cloud in the sky here. But I mean, <laughs> power outages happen for different reasons. Oh, here we go. Dan, 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 what happened? Tell us specifically. <laughs> My dog. Uh, oh no. <laughs> the dog. That Your dog did what? List. He unplugged my router. Listen, I got a little sheepadoodle <laughs> who's less than a year old. Oh. All right, he is a oh, spaz. Man. All right, he's he's just like you, you, when you when you see him like for the first time like, in the morning, all he does is like wiggle. He's a big wiggler. He doesn't. <laughs> that's what he does. And like, we didn't go know, with my dog did it. No, yeah, my did. dog did it. No I didn't. I didn't that. expect that one. No like, one we were taking that? guesses, Dan. We were taking no, guesses. A, taking guesses. We. we I've got the no little one uh, guess. Uh, what are they called? The little pucks. God, the extenders you, or whatever. Yeah, you were just the, more the mesh, creative. Yeah. Popped it right out. The mesh, yeah. And nice. it's hard lined into this thing. So, yep. Thanks, Loki. I, I, I'm just your myself that I didn't think of that. That was like was <laughs> his right name's there. Loki too. Like, how yeah. could we not think Real of that? Figure. It's terrible. It's a trickster. It's right here. Yep. <laughs> um. All right. Well, now that Dan's back, we can talk about uh, our final topic, which will be Twisted Metal, the show. We told you we were going to come back to Great. it. Great. It is uh, It is out now, the whole season. It is on Peacock, if you're wondering, for any reason. Uh, it's 10 episodes, and the episodes are half an hour episodes. They're not like hour-long ones. Uh, um, no. They're, I mean, they're, are, is it only half hour? Does it just feel longer? I don't know. Trust me. Yes. Yeah. It doesn't just feel longer. Um, I am through five. So I'm ha I watched episode five this morning before the show. Um, I wanted to watch more before the show so I could talk more about it. I have read, and this is almost like saying to Travis's point, play 100 hours and it gets good. I have read that it the last episode is, is kind of good and ends on a thing, whatever. Um, but I'm five episodes in and my impression so far has been kind of curious. Um, I could see if if you don't care about writing, cinematography, acting to some degree, story, if you don't care about the core things that make a good movie and just want to show that will literally just uh, be on the screen and you can watch and giggle occasionally, you know, yeah, Twisted Metal will do it for you. It's there. So you're saying if you have nothing better to do, put on Twisted Metal. That... That's the much more concise way to say it. I, it's it's entertaining. I, I mean, here's here's what I really didn't like about Last of Us is that you've already seen Last of Us. If you played Last of Us, Twisted Metal, because the game is much older, doesn't really reflect Twisted Metal, right? It's not a Twisted Metal tournament. They didn't take like the more no. movie version of what's happening. Not they made it a road trip. Uh, they didn't do a great job of hiding Calypso, but hey, what are you going to do? Um 
And so it's entertaining. It's goofy. I mean, one of the things that when the Game Awards clip happened that we talked about that episode was how kind of stupid it was. And I don't know that I recognize that that's that's the ethos of the show. It's it's stupid. The joke. It's very goofy. Yeah, like it it doesn't take itself seriously at all. It uh, it leans on the 90s as the game as the game when it released. So it uses a bunch of 90s songs. It has a bunch of reference points to it. It um, it's it's really very silly, but for a entertainment landscape that is strewn with apocalypses that are very dour and the real monster is man and all this stuff, it is much closer to kind of the um, the id software version of the apocalypse or anything else. It's very colorful. It's very it's very humor based. Nobody's taking it very seriously, even when they're in dire circumstances. Um, yep. And I think overall, you say the cinematography, if you're not interested in, I think it's it's well shot. I think it's it puts an, a pleasing image on screen fairly often, where your HBO shows tend to not be very well lit and tend to make you have to close <laughs> all of your drapes and these various kinds of things. Uh, Twisted Metal is very bright. It's a it's a comic book reflection of an apocalypse. Yeah, that's I probably really, fair. I that's really do a fair way to say it. This this thing in in uh, TV and movies lately, where they're they don't want it to look like it's a movie, so they don't want to light properly light the environments or their characters. But like, I I just hate that. I to me, it's like the suspension of disbelief of like how are they lit is pretty easy for me to get over. You know what I mean? Of like, okay, clearly there's a light on these guys' faces. It's supposed to be much darker, but you can accomplish that without making everything blue and gray. And making it like weird and dark, and it's just like, what is the point of? The, I feel like I'm not getting anything. I can just see the actors less well. I, I kind of hate that. No, is I, anybody else? Absolutely. Am I howling at the wind? No. One yeah. of the things I really like about Final Fantasy 16 is I think that their night cinematography is really well done. Obviously, that's a completely created frame, right? You don't have to go and yeah. put light probes everywhere. But there's a lot of games that don't do that well. That either have completely scenes that look like it's just blue night, day for night type stuff or you can't see it at all. Game of Thrones, Last of Us has that darkness problem. HBO in general has that darkness problem. Twisted Metal is just very, very colorful. It's like an old- It is, it's very, yeah. It's, 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 it's like, what would you call it? It's like comedy gore. Like (laughs) there's death and destruction and stuff going on, but they just make fun of it. And it's very goofy to Hoag's point. It's very lighthearted. There's a lot of one-liners and quips that almost feel out of place and then you kind of giggle a little bit i mean it's oh i think it's probably fair saying it's entertaining but it is stupid like it is stupid but it is entertaining right and i was never entertained by the last of us i would say that episode five which i just finished this morning sweet tooth plays a bigger part and he's starting to come into his own a little bit i didn't really dig him at first as kind of this goofy the goofy i think i said before i I did prefer in sweet tooth's case to be the darker kind of serial killer guy but in this well, one of the things that's really interesting about this project I would offer is that the easiest thing for them to have done was to take Twisted Metal Black. And they yep. didn't do that. This is not Twisted Metal Black. Not at all. And no, it's not really Twisted some, Metal. They take some of the characters. Well, I mean, it's got some of the vibes of like World Tour. It's not the same like structure, but it's yep. got that kind of World Tour feeling. Um, and yeah, you've got you've got Calypso. You've got the the notion of wish granting, but what's interesting about that is Twisted Metal was always kind of set up 
to even be a episodic show to have you have different wishes and different grants and different flashbacks and backgrounds for characters that it could have been. The fact that they didn't do that, I think is interesting, but I have been enjoying it more than I thought I would, but <laughs> admittedly, I wouldn't tell anybody to go rush out and get it. Yeah. Yeah. To be, to be fair to what you said earlier, uh, and this almost hurts my heart to say out loud, but I have been enjoying it more than Halo. Um, and that's probably because obviously my expectations for Halo are much different than they are for Twisted Metal as a TV show. Um, but uh, yeah, this, yeah, at least I can uh, get a laugh and a smile out of this and I don't have to take it too seriously. He so. made Cortana watch him bang the bad guy and then started the fall of reach. <laughs> <laughs> they did. But yeah, give it a look. Give it a look. Um, I'm curious to see where it goes from here. Um, there are worse ways to spend your $5. Yeah. Or I think it wasn't uh game pass or, you know, one of the perks was like three months of Peacock. I know there's some kind of deal out there to get Peacock for free for a couple months. So there you go. Go to Xbox and get your twisted metal fix. There you go. Perfect. Perfect. So Travis, Dan, neither of you have watched any of it. Nah, I have other <laughs> things in my life. I find fulfilling. Yeah. Like fighting cubes. Making money, really, is what I'm about to. Making money. You know, we are allowed to just watch a TV show on Saturday and Sunday. Making money. Nope. You live in San Francisco. Getting, you just not, throw it I'm all not, away anyway. What's the point? If I'm, not, if I'm not getting a paycheck for watching it, nah, I'm not going to do it. I'll, <laughs> See, I'll write about it. This is this is why I could never be like a professional reviewer of media. <laughs> like, you just feel guilty about watching something and not getting the paycheck at the end? Yeah. Well, no, it's, it's more like when you watch something, you think like, oh, how could I make money off of this? I could pitch a story about it, right? So I would watch Twisted Metal if I had like an angle in my mind of like how I could turn into news or an article or a opinion. But a a brief just... description of Anthony Mackie's career. <laughs> yeah, yeah, honestly. <laughs> <there you> go. <laughs> yeah, I did. Uh, watching him in this is definitely interesting because he is part of what makes it over the top goofy. Um, yeah, it's kind of funny, but. All right. Well, let us know what you think. We'll talk more about it next week. By the way, let's close this poll out. So the poll that we took, that we took, do you enjoy games putting in secrets that require community involvement to solve? 44% yes, 56% no. So damn near down the middle split. So thank you all for voting. That is, that is with the advanced in age audience, keep in mind. Most, most season gaming viewers are uh, the elderly. Uh, let, me, let me see your data, sir. I, I have the data. It is... Uh, <laughs> 60% elderly, uh, meaning more than 65 years old, and then 40% pets whose owners have died. That's the <laughs> that's the season gaming pie chart of viewers. Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's Travis's viewer. views right. do not represent the views of the stream. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna get the chat to start giving us their ages here. Oh, well, there you go. Okay. Oh, man. All right, guys. It's been a fun show. Uh, Chad, thank you, for, as always, for hanging out with us. Uh, appreciate you spending time with us. On the season gaming side, season gaming side, uh, I did have that uh, new Dark Souls statue come in. It's ridiculous. There's three giant boxes sitting over there. I'll do a video on that this week. And like I said last week, we didn't record this past week, but cast co-op me, Joe, and Luke should be back this upcoming week as well. Uh, and like I mentioned, a um, lot of good response on my video review of the Maxwell headset as well. So thank you for that. Appreciate it. Um, other than that, Travis, what you got? Uh, yeah, I've got some reviews coming up. Um, I've got 
a preview of a game I'm super excited to talk about on August 2nd that I've been playing for over a month and have not been able to talk about at all. So August 2nd, um, I'll have some stuff to talk about. Um, other than that, you should look at my previews of Leica. Um, I also did, I've done a bunch of previews this week. I, I'm probably forgetting them. I'm sorry. And then uh, my review of Remnant 2, if you're interested in that game, I do recommend you play it. You don't have to have played the first one. It's good. You'll fight cubes, apparently. If you're a hogue, that you'll hate that. If you're me, you'll love it. So give it a shot if it sounds like it's up your alley. Are you more um, of a hogue or a Travis? It's more of a hogue or more entire, of a Travis. That's in your entire world. I, those are really two extremes, aren't they? Like, I think most people are like, God, I hope I'm not anywhere near those two. I want to be somewhere in the middle. Um, uh, so, yeah. Uh, and then I've got a bunch of stuff coming up this week. So follow me on Twitter if you want to take a look at it. And then also um, my Destiny fam. Uh, it is GCX this week, which it, for those who don't know is Guardian Con. It is the uh, 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 Destiny specific convention that happens in florida every year i'm not going this year because i have stuff to work on but uh i am uh i will be there in spirit and i'm excited to see photos of uh lord cognito and ebontis being enormous meat boxes and hugging each other i assume we will be getting <laughs> lots of photos of that so that'll be great is that the one where you guys had the we, we, the little travis head that popped up yeah that, behind those two guys yeah uh i still have that on my phone yeah. Yeah, the the little uh, Travis face. I I'm very sad I won't be able to photo bomb this year. That is really the the big loss on my end because I love doing it. Love it. Oh man, that's cool. Uh, we got a late super chat from Mister Lunch Bizzle, one of our SGOGs, hey, man. Yeah, Bizzle. Yeah. Uh, good to be able to catch uh, catch you guys live. Great show as always. Possible new jobs, so hopefully, awesome. Be able to be here more often. All right, Bizzle. Awesome. Congrats. Yeah, he's been he's yeah. been working towards been getting forever. into new kind of job alignment for a while. So that's great news, man. Possible congrats. congrats. Yeah, possible congrats. But nice. still has the best up. beard in the community. He sure does. He's yeah. got that Jason Ronald type beard. Yeah, Huge. no doubt. Love it. Is that where he yeah. keeps his lunch bizzle? Yeah. <laughs> his Maybe. beard. I don't, I don't i got nothing for that i got nothing <laughs> lunch bizzle sounds like like leftover <laughs> lunch crumbs you know lunch bizzle, you know. uh bizzle thank you brother appreciate it Hogue, what you got happening um well we'll probably be doing a virtual legality pretty soon uh we haven't done one since the microsoft opinion came out and i want to do some more videos there i did do a video uh with the defining duke guys uh, and with the main group at Last Stand Media, which you can check out on their Patreon, where we talked about Final Fantasy 16. So if you want to hear me apparently be overly negative, depending on which commenters you read, you can come watch that. But I really <laughs> like Final Fantasy 16. So it's news to me. Um, you can watch that spoiler cast. That went really well. And uh, otherwise, I'm around. I'm online. I'm on Twitter. You can get my takes on such wonderful things as Oppenheimer and Christopher Nolan. And uh, that's at Hoglawn what x now on twitter wherever you find no yourself. no it's twitter we're not doing that we're not doing that no, <laughs> no I mean, x it, it is objectively x now. shut up travis no one I've cares the building it's hey, and by the right, way you, if you want do you live do you live across the street from that giant flashing x 
Uh, I can see the flashing X from. He lives across the street from a giant flashing X. Yeah, there's two other X's next to it. Yeah, exactly. The Gold Club. That's what I call that one. The lunch. You can find Travis at the Gold Club, and you can find Hogue on the Remnant Two Reddit message board if you need to find him online. That's where we're most well known for being. I'm gonna do some data mining. Yeah. And I'm by the way, starting the Christopher Nolan fan club next week. So, <laughs> shout out to that kind of thing. And by the way, hosting his uh, JRPG uh, podcast. Yeah, JRPG uh, analysis uh, mm-hmm. of, yes. Uh, we yeah. forgot, all of us forgot mm-hmm. until just now. So, I'm glad I remembered before the show was over that we ended last week with Tao giving us a super chat as I was hitting the outro button. Oh. So, I, wanted, I can't bring yeah. it up on the screen because yeah. obviously yeah. it's from last week. But big shout out to Tao, who gave us a $10 super chat, who simply said, we need more silly BitCast episodes. Because last week, we kind of got, we went off the rails a lot last week. Look, we um, did it accidentally. Yeah, it happens. It happens. So, Tao, shout out to you. I did not forget, thankfully, right here at the tail end of the show. But I do want to uh, get in the habit of when we have less busy show run, like run of shows, uh, to... Yeah ask you guys like a personal question because i think i did that like two shows in a row and it re- resulted in everybody having hilarious answers because none of us are normal people uh <laughs> and i, I kind of find that i i would love to do more of that that was insightful seeing what what gremlins y'all are well, we, we got travis's sartorial corner we'll add hoag's haberdashery next week It'll be great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm down for that, of course. Uh, especially considering the four of us have all kinds of different stories and histories. Um, so, That's right. yeah, that could be fun. Some of us have no history yeah. at all. Well, I won't spoil which. Travis just thinks we're all old. <laughs> <laughs> I think some people's are old with their opinions more than their physical body. Yes, I know. You think I stand to thwart history? I get it. certainly i i do appreciate your takes and i do think it's an important perspective i actually value old people quite a bit but i do think that sometimes uh, it's the greatest generation sometimes they do they do uh they do uh get in their own way and get in the way of progress but that's part of their role importantly Um, anyway I i don't need to get wax philosophic here yeah but, it's you fine know, it's, it's fine we all know gen xers are the best right Everyone i'll, I'll just say this i'll say this i know my role on this panel <laughs> right i know the role i have to play on this panel because i tend to be adversarial in general i don't like authority i don't like people getting to say things and unopposed it's just you know it's not my nature so yeah that's me you, you good i'm good Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And and with that, we shall end the show. Thank you, as always, for hanging out with us. If you're an audio listener, thanks for uh, spending some time with us. Uh, We will be back next week, of course, to talk uh, Baldur's Gate 3. We'll finally be here after three years of early access, uh, along with whatever news pops this week. So enjoy your gaming this week, and we will see you next Sunday. Until then.